All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, guys? As well as Mr. Cody Willenberg. How are you guys doing? And Randy Dawsonbrock. What's going on? So, I guess let's just start out this one with what's new. Dozer, what's new with you? Uh, what's new with me? I guess uh, just been, been hitting the Falcon hard. Uh, hung out with you and Cody. Last weekend, kind of doing some muscle car stuff, and and it was like 70 degrees almost today, and I am in the mood to do muscle car things this summer. Got the need. Go cruising. Go, need for go speed. Eat, go do some burnouts. I uh, That's top of my mind right now. I helped you demount those tires. You'll have no problem doing burnouts with the size <laughs> of those things. <laughs> that's nice. right. So Cody helped me with some tires, which I appreciated, then... I uh, went and helped him pick up a bunch of trash, so I feel <laughs> like I got the bad end of that got the short end of the stick for sure. So it tur- turns out Boss Man is uh, starting a not-for-profit construction company with all of his equipment he has. <laughs> you got to lose money somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We had that conversation that he needs to buy more equipment. <laughs> Yeah, that is no shit. The Mini X is next, I heard. No, Big X. Big well, X. The, like like Figgins is Mini X that you need. No, a... I'm talking like 40,000 pounds. Oh, yeah, well, Brandon in that was, case. Brandon's talking about one that takes a semi to move. They're actually just as affordable as the small one. Yeah, because they're hard to move, which I know a guy who will move it on a Sunday morning for a case of beer, supposedly. So yeah? I'll let you know oh, that. Oh, man, it needs to happen. I need this guy's number. Randy probably knows him. So I watched him tear up the Casey's gas station in Shelbyville and the guy was just he had the thumb on the on the bucket or the grapple bucket whatever they call it and he's just going to town like folding up all the aluminum like getting it ready to scrap like that guy was good like you had some serious practice and I was just like man when I was a kid playing with Tonka toys in in the sandbox and stuff like that was always every little kid's dream it hasn't changed the toys just got bigger and more expensive like Like that guy is living his dream. Like he was a little kid playing in a sandbox and he's all, you know, he's all in on his career, just operating the shit out of a high ho. Yeah. So yesterday we was out at our cabin and we cut a tree down and we had to, we were cleaning it up, pushing up the fire. And, uh, the guy on the cabin with my neighbor, Matt Fagan's buddy of mine, super nice guy, but, uh, he's got a track skid loader with grapple bucket on it. And I was out there just messing around with it and picking stuff up, setting it on the fire and, that's what it is. It's it's a game. It's like fun. It's like, all right, let's see if I could pick this freaking log up that's 20 feet long and four foot around and see if I could balance it on the front of the track. <laughs> I I got to use uh, a little mini axe to tear up Cody's mom's driveway when she was getting her driveway report. And I am just random as hell. I got a Snapchat from Kyle. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm leaving work. He's like, come over. I'll teach you how to run this thing. And I got in there and I was freaking running the levers and moving little chunks of concrete. It was, it was like the most fun you can have with your clothes on for sure. You know that Sam, I was thinking about this. That is like their premier opportunity for you, the times that you show up to do stuff. Like when it's not planned spur of the moment, like, Hey, I'm doing this. Next thing you know, Sam's just there. Like not, not like a planned thing. Just oop, there's Sam like, Oh, Hey. And then it, when you're trying to plan something, it's always like really, really difficult to make it happen. But uh, you'll you'll just randomly show up when there's shit going on. Yeah, sometimes. he he hung some uh, shelves at Jedco last weekend. My interest was peaked, as <laughs> as uh, Laren would say. Yeah, we had laser levels going, and it was Sam was in his zone. I was in the zone. I I was channeling my inner boss man on my remodeling skills. And you think these 
these new equipment and these nice equipment cost money. Look at the money they save you when people just show up and use them for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing this weekend? Like, oh, I'm going to go play in the dirt with Cody Skid Steer. <laughs> I'm there. So what's new with me is I was helping Dozer with his muscle car high. Um, both Cody and Dozer came over this weekend and helped me with the brakes and steering on the GTX. And Cody helped me get all the brakes bled, the new disc brakes set up for the front. Super excited about that. Um, got the steering box off, ready to go. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be last weekend, but um, to the Indy Swap Meet to grab my new updated style steering box, the new modern feel, quote unquote. And uh, Cody helped me diag some of my loose steering. <laughs> um, it was really loose. It was bad. So, it was like second gen Dodge bad with 200,000 miles on it. Turns out the uh, Pitman arm that has a you know, kind of a little tapered rod end or whatever in it was bad. Tons of play in that. Did you well, take it off? Was it loose or was it, was the nut loose or was no, it, it was tight. The, the nut was the tight. Nut so was the tight, joint, is, the joint is, joint is wasted. Which Sam informed me that there's like some drama involving that Pittman arm. Like it only fits certain models and you know, like he was concerned that he had the right year model for his car and he was going to take the Pittman arm with him anyway, but now he has to take the Pittman arm with him. So I, I, at, Dozer's recommendation. I called the company today and I was able to talk to the lady and verify that she did indeed have one, my name on the list for one. And I said, I go ahead and put my name on a Pittman arm too. And she said, no problem. I'll have you one. So, um, Keith Meyer had some trouble finding one, but apparently steering gears got them in stock. So fingers crossed for that on top of the Pittman arm being wasted, the bolts holding the steering box to the K member were finger tight and the whole steering box was moving on the K member too. So I'm hoping between the new Pittman arm, the new steering box and lock tightening and tightening the bolts properly, uh, my steering should be leaps and bounds better than it was. Like race car stuff then. You being an XJ guy, unibody guy, how did you not recognize the loose steering box? I mean, that's common. Like they steering boxes fall off of unibodies. Because you cannot see it from under it and above it is seven 800 pounds of elephant iron on top of it. You can't the even valve, see the it. valve covers are a foot wide. Yeah, you and, cannot see it. And 90% of the time he drives that car, he's drinking. So, you know, it's just a. <laughs> he don't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's me. Maybe I just can't drive. I don't know. Could be. When he's sober and he drives that car, he's not going to know what to do. He's going to be in the ditch. It's going gonna, it's gonna to react too quick. <laughs> We've seen that before. <laughs> so, Corvette. So, uh, Dean's got the heads off of the car and it has a stock bore and H beam rods. Still, jury's still out on, you know, what the compression ratio is going to be. Your dad's supposed be running some numbers for me cody and get me some ideas on what i'm gonna have um hopefully gonna look at some numbers on the front of the camshaft see what kind of camshaft it's got and the idea is with a new carburetor and good timing and new gaskets um it should run a little better at least do a burnout yeah so um my experience of my first ride in a true 496 um 426 hemi was about as my equal of my first experience to Moab. I was deeply disappointed. Like I thought this was supposed to be like the Billy badass can't beat anything on the street kind of engine. And uh, the first time Sam on his car, like the first day he had it, me and him jumped in and went for a ride. And like we stopped somewhere by uh, Jedco. Uh, yeah, right by Jedco. There's water on the road even, and it wouldn't even do a burnout. And I'm like, this this thing's embarrassing. 
And uh, we come to find out there was actually a lot of things wrong with the car, kind of causing it some performance issues. So with, with it in my dad's hands, I am sure when you get it back, it'll be what it's supposed to be. And if it steers and stops as good as it's going to be, you're going to have a really nice car. So I, I'm just looking forward to that Dean Willenberg treatment that Marlene got on the Charger because, you know, Gary, like I think I've said before, Gary said, oh, motor stock, motor stock, just a little 383, a stock, a stock. Well, it runs good. And I, uh, I said something to your dad one day, like, oh, Gary said the motor stock. That motor ain't stock. Uh, so I want the ain't stock tune on the Hemi for the GTX. <laughs> I feel like you could market that, like for a diesel tuner, ain't stock. <laughs> Get t-shirts and huggies the yes. whole nine yards. Yes, I I, like let's it. do it. I like let's it. do it. <laughs> ain't stock. <laughs> That's funny. And then the ain't, I would buy an ain't gonna happen huggy too, just saying. <laughs> so if I ever have to organize the fall run or whatever like it's tradition to get huggies for everybody we're definitely doing huggies and i think that'll be on the bottom of the huggy ain't gonna happen it'll be on like imprinted on the bottom so don't let me forget that okay noted so cody don't you have something to do with the t-town cruise route or don't you guys do yes i do how do i get a uh rope hooked to something in the burnout pit Probably not going to happen, unfortunately. Oh. I mean, come on. All-wheel drive I, burnout I with a, a turbo plan Jeep. Or an all-wheel drive burnout. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be lucky if trucks even get to go through there this year. So we'll see. I, uh, I've missed the first two meetings due to KOH stuff. Um, but we will uh, We'll see. What, we'll see. I mean, it's a ni- 1968 truck. It ain't like it's a diesel. Okay. What, uh, what's, the, what's the concern with the trucks versus like a car? Um. I probably shouldn't get too crazy because I think 90% of the listeners are all people that will go to the, go to the cruise route. And I don't know. So I'll just, oh, we don't have to go there. Then. I'll just speak a little bit on it. Um, the, the ownership, the, the respect level you get from a, someone in a diesel pickup truck compared to an old muscle car, two different things. And if you tell someone with the muscle car, like don't do a rolling burnout, they respect that fact and appreciate that the cruise is what it is. And, it draws the people it does and donates the money it donates to a, a good cause. And the 17-year-old kid in P- diesel pickup truck doesn't give a shit and ru- is is going to run it for everybody else. So uh, my vote, and I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I like diesel trucks, but my vote is let's just end them for they end us. You know what I mean? That makes sense. I didn't know if it was like a, well, a truck's heavier, so if something happens, it goes further. It's more horsepower, but well, you, it's, you it's, know, uh, and, it's the loose nut behind the wheel. Yeah, and that's, that's and that's a legitimate thing. You know, we only have concrete barriers, um, like interstate barriers, and they are people are literally leaning against them. And if an 8,000-pound diesel pickup truck hits them, it's going to react a little bit different than a, you know, 4,000-pound car that's going to hit it low where the diesel truck's going to hit it high. And like and, Sam's Dart's like 2,800 pounds. Yeah. No, I'm I'm in agreement with that. So like, it's a diesel pickup. You can take a bone stock. My freaking 19 Dooley will do drift donuts bone stock. I mean, what's the point of taking it out there and doing a doing a burnout? You know, this is America. Yeah, it is. You know, I agree, and I, I think <laughs> hell it's yeah. Neat. And unfortunately, you know, it really stinks because there's some guys that got some really nice trucks that can do some really big burnouts and big horsepower and and follow the rules. But it's the guys that don't, and that they're all getting grouped in the same category. It's just unfortunate. Is so, it going to be just diesel trucks, or you think it'll be limited to like classic trucks still no, go through? It'll be it'll be just diesel trucks. So I respect, well, quote unquote, respect all builds or whatever. There's a lot more work involved in making a muscle car do a burnout than a diesel truck. Because just like Randy said, I mean, any stock diesel truck, you turn the crash control off, 
you know, take daddy's truck out of the driveway, turn trash control off. It's doing a burnout from here to there until you let off the gas. And, and I don't personally feel this way. I love all burnouts and I will watch anything from a moped to a freaking tank do a burnout. I don't care. But walking through the crowd during T-Town Cruise Night as a spectator, I hear a lot of feedback when a diesel truck rolls in, I mean, that's time to go get a beer. Someone, you know, there's two or three diesel trucks in line, like this is going to be lame or whatever. Like, even though it's got a thousand foot pounds of torque and 500 horsepower, and it's going to burn the tires down to the cords. Like, it's like, once you've seen one, you kind of seen them all kind of thing. Like people get numb to it, I think. And I, I, I genuinely feel from my experience within the crowd, the reaction to the diesel truck stuff is, is negative compared to when you see a classic car in there. So I, that's just my personal observation. I agree with that. And that's, I, and I guess I'm a little biased on that because I kind of in the process of collecting parts to do a build and I was kind of hoping to have it ready for that event. Um, it's a, I, I said 68, but I think it's a 69 uh, M715 Jeep military truck. And I want to do all-wheel drive burnouts with it. That's exactly the only re- reason I'm building it is to do all-wheel drive burnouts. So, well, fortunately, you know, life is about what you, um, you know, who you know, what not what you know. So, if you roll up, you know, you may be an exception to go ahead and go on through there. But, hmm. Because it'll I'll t- be. I'll tell you what the most cringe thing is during the burnout is the late model car with exhaust only with four people in the back and two people in the passenger front seat and they try to do a burnout and it's just all transmission slip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a short, sorry, long little, uh, that was long. Little, <laughs> little <laughs> That's what we do here. So, so, uh, so anyway, the whole point of this episode, so what's new with, you got through you. So what's new with Cody? Yeah. What's new with Cody? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I have made it back from hammers. Um, my schedule prior to hammers was crazy, you know, starting about November up until, uh, we left for California. And if a lot of guys know me, like I have something going on every weekend, every other weekend, different states, so on and so forth. So I have made a, a bit of a commitment to keep my schedule wide open this year. Um, I was, I'm, I was a little bit burnt out on travel after last year. Uh, I, I got to the point in my career where um, about COVID was where I could really afford to start doing things. And then through COVID, there's really nothing to do. Uh, and then after COVID, you know, I could, you know, I was just doing a lot of things and business was expanding. So a lot of my trips that, um, I go on are, are work related, you know, and, um, it's like, I'm going to Texas this week and it's definitely work related, but I've, I've done my best to keep my schedule open and I'm already enjoying summer. That's the start of summer better because I have so many free weekends. I bought, uh, 27 acres and a pond in Effingham that I'm going to try to get the pond bigger and clear some pace out to, a build at least a shed for now, eventually build a home there and, uh, and, and move closer to Effingham. So that's kind of my, my goal and what I got going on. And, uh, the big thing that I'm going to work on is, uh, saying no to trips and spend more time at home. And so if you need to find Cody, he'll be running equipment somewhere. So yeah. 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 So I, what I've found out is it's cheaper to buy equipment than to try. It is to try to get someone to show up and do it. So if anyone listens and has big equipment and want to make some cash, I am all about paying someone to do this work, but legitimately you just got to show up. That's, that's part of the requirements. But if he buys nice enough equipment, other people will show up and run it for him. Just like we said earlier. Yeah. So that's kind of what I got going on. Um, yeah. I'm going to have a massive 
clearance sale on everything I brought to KOH. Uh, I sold one of the vehicles today to Dozer's brother, which I built the machine for Dozer. So his brother's getting it. Maybe Dozer will end up with it someday after his brother gets bored with it or something. But uh, I, uh, I'm, I've got a lot of stuff to sell now and I'm just completely going a different direction with the race car. So all, everything I have race operation is for sale. Um, just got to get it done. I kind of realized that I got it. The only way to get it done is to start posting. On this episode of Short Story Long Classifieds, we have a <laughs> CA Corvette Tra- and Tradio. 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 RV, a stacker, a 2008 well, smart car. Runs real good. Please call 217. Do you remember? It's been years ago, but there was like a like a Saturday morning radio show where they would just read there classified ads. Yes, there is. Still still is. Still Come is. on, dude. Duh. Yeah. You listen to Dave Ramsey. That's like the oldest thing in the book. It's like they play right after Dave Ramsey plays. So have you ever there's uselessradio.com. Uh, there's actually like a Netflix series about like swap meet down in Tennessee. Nuh-uh. Yes, there's like a there's like a swap show, like swap. I don't know what it is. It's a radio station and it is legitimately a real radio station that you can tune into while you're in Tennessee and listen to and there's a Netflix series about the people that run that and go through that station hell yeah all right okay <laughs> so new game plan we're gonna start a new podcast channel buy sell trade whatever we need a name ain't gonna happen trading post or whatever <laughs> I don't know we need we need something ain't stock trading post ain't stock I don't know. That that sounds like fun because then you could like cherry pick all the best deals as like the announcer. Like, I'm not going to read this one. I'm going to give this guy a call before I announce this one on the air. That's like my wife did the social media for a car dealership. Yeah. And I, oh, yes. I bought my truck. She's like, check this out. And I was like, we're buying that. I was like, don't even post it on the website. <laughs> Hell yes. That's insider trading, I think. Yes. <laughs> People could, SEC could take you to jail for that. <laughs> nice. Randy, so, what's new with you? So I'm going to keep it down to the last four days. Okay. <laughs> um, That's all you can remember. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. But, <laughs> but uh, so sold my race trailer in the market for a new one. Um, that went really well. I didn't even have it for sale. Guy met in KOH. Was it that guy? That guy? Yes. Not he, about what you know. It's, it's who you know. You know, he... Uh, he messaged me a couple times on it, and then over the weekend, he He's said, hey, St. Louis, check right? it out, around Wentzville. Okay. Super nice guy, great guy. Can't wait to see this guy and hang out with him some more. Um, but uh, sold my race trailer. Um, we are back out working at the cabin. Cody was out there Saturday night. We had a big bonfire cleaning some brush up and uh, get back out working out there. We did some more on Sunday, and uh, hopefully we can get it moving. We got some dirt work done down there to actually make the water drain so we can put our driveway in now finally. So hopefully as soon as it dries up good and solid this spring, we can start hauling some rock in. And uh, the last thing is we did a full chrome delete on my wife's uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee diesel that we just got back from the body shop on Friday for uh, doing all the SRT8 bumpers and trim on it. Do you have a picture of this rig yet? No, I'm waiting for the wheels to show up before I take a picture of it. And my wife asked me if I wanted to drive it tonight. It's looking good, but it's just not there yet with the, the wheels. wheels. I don't want to even them. drive it till the wheels are on. The it. wheels make it. 100% the wheels The wheels make show it. up tomorrow, and I am arguing with the guy on shipping right now why my tires hasn't shipped yet. So so, so Randy made a comment prior to going live here that I'd, uh, he buys more stuff since he knows me, but he spends less money. I'm not really sure what that means. But anyway... I feel the exact opposite meeting Randy Dazenbrock because 
I'm about to purchase a diesel Jeep Cherokee for a work vehicle when I was totally content with my $3,000 minivans all day. And now my new work Jeep is probably going to cost me in the upwards of maybe 20 grand. But man, them diesel Cherokees are just kick ass. Awesome fuel mileage, super high end on the inside, drive great. I just, you have to have one. I don't, I don't know. If you're for a work car, to me, it's great. Well, we had dinner the other night and you were saying, man, I found this really good deal on a minivan or whatever. And you're like, I want to buy a Jeep. What do you, you know, what do you think? And I'm like, dude, the one I'm getting in right now that I daily drive is all but totaled. And it's my favorite vehicle I own. I freaking love this thing. <laughs> so I can't imagine how nice yours is going to be. Uh, it's for, they're amazing. I don't know. I've always been a big lifted, I mean, lifted truck, big tires, full drive. I mean, and then, uh, never drove a minivan. You'll be in love with them too. But I think the Jeep is a great <laughs> replacement for that. But it's the manly replacement for a minivan. This is basically the, a minivan, but this is the first time I'm considering lowering a vehicle. <laughs> I want to uh, drop the rear of her Jeep vehicle to match the SRT eight stands. And, uh, it is that diesel is it's decent. It's not it's not a race car by no means, but it's decent performance. It's deleted and tuned and gets at worst case, 25 mile per gallon. If you're being dumb in it and we're getting 30, 32 on the interstate at times. Um, and, uh, so we just turned it to what we wanted. We bought all the SRT eight stuff and going to give it that look. And I'm trying to find badging right now that I could do the SRT eight badge and do like SRT eight turbo diesel and or an SRT turbo diesel, not SRT eight. SR Turbo Diesel. SR, yeah, I never thought about that there one. You go. There you go. So, yeah, uh, how many cup holders does that oh thing boy. have? One, there's one in each door, two in the middle, a couple in the back. So it's not quite a minivan, but it's still better but than a 98, 98 it's got Chevrolet. Heated steering wheel, heated seats, front and rear heated seats, front air conditioned seats. I mean, you push one button, it goes back to your seat setting, which I'm sure that's common on most vehicles. I'm not used to it, but right. That, that's how I, that's with my, it's the same thing. Like this is too nice for me. I'm not used to these nice things. It's like, rem, yeah. I mean, got all the remote start features and I mean, it, it is, it, we bought it this last summer as, you know what? We're going to try this thing out. I got a, I think I got a decent deal on it. My wife, uh, was driving a the Jeep that the four door Jeep with a turbo and forties got like eight mile gallon. And when fuel price got real bad, I'm like, and she was ready to just have something a little nicer, the easy in in and out. So found this thing, went and bought it and, uh, fell in love with it. Really did. I just fell in love with it. Got it deleted, got it tuned, fell in love with it even more. And I'm like, well, and then a tree rear ended her, you know, <laughs> <laughs> So it didn't have a, insurance at all. So it needed, it didn't have Damn insurance. Geez. I had to turn it into my insurance and it needed a rear bumper. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. You know, I'm going to buy everything to swap it to an SRT8. And we did that. And then we did the full blackout kit on it like this last weekend. We took, deleted all the chrome. Um, and waiting on a set of 22 by 10s and some 305s for it now. Very nice. Very nice. So that wraps it up for what's new. And uh, the the purpose and title of this episode is one that we've wanted to do since before we started the podcast. Um, when I think I first pitched the idea to Boss Man, one of the things we talked about wanting to discuss on the podcast is something that's been a, I guess, a sticking point in our group of friends forever. Um, 
because I came from the Jeep background and I'm now into razors. Cody's always been into razors, never really done the Jeep thing. Dozer's only ever done the Jeep thing, thinking about razors. And uh, I've, I've, I've like drove some razors okay. when I hang out with you guys, go to Tennessee or sure. road with razors. I have some razor experience. <clears throat> has, has razor experience. Randy has utility side-by-side experience, but obviously diehard Jeep guy. So, oh, and he's the co-pilot, you know, for the race team. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. So he's a so he's, KOH finishing co-driver Yes, uh, in a side-by-side UTV. So we're not going to say we're going to settle the debate, but we're going to air out all the dirty laundry and we're going to talk at length about pros and cons and differences between a Jeep and specifically an RZR side by side or and, razor. And I'll say this is a this is honestly if you're a listener that is uh, kind of up in the air like, you know, your brother was dozer, he was debating razor or jeep, you're not going to get any more educated description of what we're about to talk about. I mean, I would say the highest education that you're going that you could receive is going to be, you know, in, within the circle. There may be people that are just as educated as us, but you know, they're not doing a podcast about it. We are. So so hang, we hang went on your seat. Like, this I, is going to be good. I like that. I like that. I this is the correct. number one podcast that you can listen to about this subject. I'm going to own that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> there is no better podcast you can listen to about Jeeves versus Razors. I'm going to call that right now. Done. John Deloney says, you're listening to the greatest blah, blah, blah. So like, this is the greatest podcast on Spotify about Jeeps versus Razors. 100%. Okay. There's probably a hundred years of combined experience between all of us. So. Yeah, I, I would say you're probably correct. That's probably, sure. that's probably close. That's probably low. I don't know. But anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean is, is experience actually years or the years you get, the years of experience that you can do in one year? I don't know. Because like Jason has been wheeling since he was 19, but he only does it once a year. And then sometimes once only seven years. Okay. And then whereas like a few years ago, Cody and I were going like every month. Yeah, twelve times a year, you know. So that's 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 hard to judge time frame. So I guess where do we want to begin? I mean, obviously I believe everyone listening will know the difference between a Jeep and a side by side. It's pretty self explanatory. A librarian knows the difference. I would hope so. Um, but I think we need to start with the caveat that we're talking about the vehicle as you use it because i mean you can kind of get off the rails in a hurry about you know like well if you had this guy on youtube's jeep it would outdo the razor that's sitting in cody's shed well probably you know or you know the jeep sitting at Gegner Brothers is not going to do as well as, you know, the 800 razor sitting in somebody else's shed. So I guess we're going to talk mostly about the Jeeps and side-by-sides as we primarily use them. And, and most, I would say, consumers would use them. I mean, like 90% of the people who have a Jeep modify them. You know, I'd say closer to 75% of people who have a razor modify them. And not all the same. I mean, they've all, they've all got their staples of modifications that they do, but like the people that actually use them in an off-road setting and not just cruising from bar to bar or whatever are going to have a very similar set of modifications. And I think we're going to compare a similarly modified Jeep to a similarly modified 
side by side. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, and we can talk, you know, one extreme to the next too. Um, you know, in regards to that, you know, and I, I think I've got a really good topic, you know, to talk about that I've already shared with you guys. So, so I guess where do you want to start? Um, I, so obviously everyone knows, you know, Randy, Jeep guy, Cody, Razor guy, Dozer and I somewhere in the middle. I was a Jeep guy. Now I'm a Razor guy. Dozer, Jeep guy, transitioning, maybe into a razor type scenario. So, um, I guess I can start back when, you know, I was a young guy just out of high school. I had a, you know, a YJ that I wheeled maybe twice a year, I'd say. And that's because razors were not even a thing back then. They, they weren't. I mean, they had just come out and I am, you know, on, at this point I would have been team Jeep, you know, razors are dumb. They're the, whatever what they call them, like, off-road trail trail fleas trail fleas yeah yeah um you know and honestly the razors when i first started into jeeps was not even a thing like those were saying it was dirt bike guys and you know i got a story on that we uh you know we'd be camping out at badlands and six o'clock in the morning two stroke you know dirt bike bring the ding 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 i'm like god dang it just shut up you know and then they'd be freaking crawling all over the sand dunes and stuff and it's just, you know, one of those annoyances. And I think in the Jeep community, the side-by-sides kind of transition into that because they started gaining in popularity, you know, rapidly over the, over the years. So what about you, Dozer? Well, like I say, I mean, I started kind of like Sam with a Jeep, but I daily drove a Jeep. You know, I didn't have just a wheeling rig. Uh, what? interested me the most and took the most hours of my life was modifications. I'd get on, you know, pirate. And there's a guy that took a four door, welded the back door shut, cut it and like made it look like a truck. You know, everybody's putting different axles in them, you know, just the uniqueness of them. You, you, especially 15 years ago, you didn't buy a lot for an XJ. Everybody had Wranglers. But, you know, an XJ or full size, like there was just a lot of uh, almost like artistic side of wheeling a Jeep or, a, or a, you know, a, an on-road vehicle based vehicle. Because you had the creative license to make it your own, essentially. Yes. Yes. There's a, a lot more uniqueness. So, and, go ahead. Well, and I don't, I don't guess I want to like spoil it right away, but I found out you know, in doing my Jeep, putting a big block Oldsmobile in it with a Pontiac bell housing and a Chevy four speed with a, with a Ford transfer case. And like, there's a reason why some, why people don't do things like that. You know, it's just, it's, it's not the best, most efficient way to do it. And that's where the razors come in. Like to me, they're boring. If there's, if there's a gooseneck of razors sitting at a gas station down by Windrock, I don't even look at them. Like I'll give you that to me, they're all the same, but there is a certain amount of uh, usefulness to being boring, if that makes sense. Like they work so good, they're boring. So I would like to just preface, and we can dive into different, dissect this a little bit, but I'll preface this whole episode with, I'm the transitional guy. I'm sitting with a razor guy on my left and a Jeep guy on my right, and I'll, I'll explain my transition because <laughs> it's 2023, it's 2023 so transition, and you can identify however you like. So, <laughs> so I'll, so 
I was diehard Jeep guy, hated side-by-sides. And I, I remember specifically being in the quote-unquote truck-only area and Razors coming in there and being just pissed off that there's Razors where I'm trying to do my Jeep stuff. And the biggest thing for me personally when I was Jeeping, and we talked about it before, like I bought a truck specifically for the purpose of hauling Jeeps out to King of the Hammers. And logistically, like, you know, Argument A for me doing the transition, logistically speaking, getting your off-road toy from home to where you're going to use it is much more difficult in a Jeep than it is with a side-by-side. And at the level that Dozer and I had our Jeeps, it wasn't something that you could hop in and drive to the trail and then drive home. It was something you hauled there, which immediately made the argument of licensing irrelevant between the two. The other thing was, and a lot of it had to do with my financial situation, but obviously logistically difficult, the cost involved was much higher as far as you know the fuel bill and everything. One truck hauling one trailer with one Jeep was the logistical you know, transportation scenario. Whereas in the side-by-sides, when we started into it, you could get four or five on a gooseneck truck and trailer and shoot on down to Tennessee and y'all could split fuel in one vehicle and made it, you know, financially much more easy to get to your wheeling destination. So that was, you know, kind of argument one. Argument two is with the level of suspension that was available at the time in my jeeping career, which Randy touched on the fact that his is much more capable now. Only because he went out to California with a bunch of razors one year. I mean, you got to think oh, when you were, oh. when you were jeeping, there was guys racing KOH on leaf springs. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So for me, I rode with Cody Willenberg in his 800 razor at Badlands. And I think I've told this story before, but he dipped off into the whoop section off of the road at a pretty decent speed for me at the time, probably 40 mile an hour. (laughs) And I about had a heart attack thinking I was going to die. And I was so blown away by the way the suspension reacted. And I was like, this is flat out trophy truck type situation. Cause just like anybody, I've seen Baja 1000 and stuff on TV and YouTube and everything. And these guys are just these impossible type of off-road scenarios at incredible speeds with hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in their suspension. And this off-the-shelf machine just, you know, blew the suspension away in my leaf-sprung Jeep Wrangler, you know. And so that started kind of an, an idea for me as far as, like, what are these machines capable of? Completely bone stock. And to transition that into the off-road capability, like, yeah, you don't need to drive 90 mile an hour through the whoop section. It's not something that you need while you're wheeling. But in a place like Winrock, where you've got 70-some thousand acres of ground that you can potentially cover, the ability to go 15 miles an hour comfortably down a rock trail versus five miles an hour or less in a Jeep down a rock trail is the difference between doing five or six trails in a day or seeing two or three, you know, tourist areas in a day and seeing one or two trails or seeing, you know, one thing. So like Jeep guys go to Windrock and they go to the train one day and they go to the 
prison the next, and that's their whole weekend. Well, that's a morning in a razor. And I had spent years going to the Badlands in a Jeep and was never, ever bored. And this is kind of the catch-22. I spent, like I said, maybe 25 trips in a Jeep to Badlands, had a great time, always had something new to do, never was bored. I spent one day in a side-by-side at Badlands, and I've, I've done everything there is to do. I've run every trail I want to run. I've done the rock section. I've done the, the Jeep-only section. Like This park is now too small for me to enjoy my time because of the amount of ground I can cover in this side-by-side. So for me, that was point two was the amount of ground covered. Like you go out for a weekend, you put a couple hundred miles on versus a couple dozen miles on. And then thing three is, and I I had a conversation in Rocky top with a Jeep guy. He had a, a a flatty with, uh, you know, one ton axles and air shocks and four links and everything. And he was like, what you, how much do you have invested in that machine? I, you know, I said probably about $30,000 and he about had a heart attack. And he's like, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. I was like, well, the bank actually owns this thing. I'm paying, you know, 300 some dollars a month for, you know, a bank loan and insurance on this thing. How much money do you have in yours? He's like, well, you know, everything added up. I probably have 20 grand, you know, wrapped up in this Jeep all the times I rebuilt it, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, which is probably a very skewed number in the wrong direction. Sure. Like he probably legitimately had 30 or 40 in it, and he just thinks he had 20 because he'd been working on it for 15 years and changed 15 different combinations up, you know? And and it really hit it home to me, and I don't even know. I, I wasn't even trying to make an argument. I was, you know, wasn't thinking of it this way, but I was like, you know, that machine sitting right there, I can probably go sell it right now and get 25 grand out of it. You know, I'll lose five grand. Like, what would you sell? Like, what would you sell your Jeep for today? And he's like, oh, I wouldn't sell it. I wouldn't sell it. I was like, okay, okay, fair. That's fine. That's fair. I, I get you. But if this Jeep was for sale on Facebook on a, on a rock crawler page, what, what would it bring? And he's like, $8,500. And I was like, that right there is the reason why razors are so popular. You can go get a bank loan on them. You can go get insurance on them. And they still hold their value much greater than a customized Jeep. So those are my three big bullet points for my transition from Jeeps to side-by-sides. And I would agree before COVID, but I feel like after COVID, the Jeep prices have tripled. Well, everything has tripled since after COVID. I mean, that's like... But I don't think razor prices have tripled. Oh, absolutely they have. I mean, Sam can detest to that. I mean... Well, they've they've increased significantly, but not like Jeep stuff has. So I so on that, you're right. They uh, Everything has went up. Razors went up. Jeeps went up. But... With the Jeep side, the the parts you added to it are actually adding value these days. They're not like it used to be. Like you can build a Jeep and you're still getting, like you said, eighty five hundred bucks for a built Jeep. Today it's different. You can collect a little more money on a built Jeep. I think people are starting to realize that the mods are worth stuff to the right person. I'm sure they're still not to a dealer and on resale, but I think like ton axles and v8 swaps are adding you know you don't hear the you're not going to get your money out of that so as much as you used and i think that something contributes to that is the fact that there's less and less places that are doing that kind of modification work now um just purely for the fact of all the bolt-on stuff available for the four-door i mean if you're if you're a off-road shop and you can do 
some bolt-on lift kits and some bolt-on bumpers and pre-wired winches and blah, blah, blah. You're going to do that work all day before you do an LS swap or put tons under something. So I think that that kind of aids the fact that it's harder to get that job done today. 100%. And it goes back to like, yeah, we the way we modified Jeeps when we got into it, Dozer, they really wasn't adding value. The way we're modifying them today is adding value because it's not something everybody can do. Right. And I, I feel like we're just jumping around, so I kind of just want to go, let's let's start on a list. So let's let's start with buying. Let's let's talk about new versus new and let's say five years old versus five years old. So so I mean, Cody Cody has kind I'll, of his information loaded yeah. in his gun on this one. <laughs> so um, he knows who he is. So Josh Stork came into my shop and Sam kind of talked about price and Josh kind of made a remark about how expensive the razor is like your razor is fifty thousand dollars which it's not you can buy it new for for 40 i probably have 50 in it after accessories but that's that's a that is the lamborghini in the razor world right so if you want to talk about just pure cost of vehicle the lamborghini of the razor world is fifty thousand dollars after accessories let's let's forget the accessories let's say Full MSRP plus dealer fees, you're $45,000 out the door. The 392 Jeep um, with fully optioned out, you know, all the options because you got to compare Lamborghini to Lamborghini, right? Is like $88,500 before dealer dealer fees and setup and tax. And so add that on that vehicle, you're probably, what, $95,000, $100,000 for the same vehicle. So if you're going to compare, compare apples to apples, on investment costs to get into the exact same vehicle, the Razor's half the price. So I'll touch on what I think the differences are and what they're capable of. The Razor out of the box will run 90 mile an hour across the desert floor. The 392 Jeep will run, I don't know, someone help me out, I have no idea. How fast can you go in, across the desert floor in a 392 Jeep? I mean, you can probably run 90, don't get me wrong, but it ain't going to be pretty. You're no, not doing I, it. You're really, on stock suspension, you're probably really 25. You know, um, and... Let's, let's go to the rocks. You can do a lot of some serious technical. You can take the, the $40,000 G or razor to devil's elbow and get up it. And I don't know if you could do that in a 392 Jeep and you damn sure couldn't do it without getting some massive body damage and cost yourself even a lot more money, you know? So when you're talking cost, you got to about throw it out the window because the Jeep is more expensive if you're talking brand new. Yeah. Now. So I agree with that. Like, I agree with the part that you said that you got to throw cost out the window. The cost of it actually makes no difference because you're talking about a $50,000 razor that is built to go off-road. That's the only thing it's really built for. It's not built to take your kids to soccer practice. It's not built because your wife wants something with a heated steering wheel. It's not built because you're going to get on the interstate and drive this thing from Illinois to Florida. It is built to go off-road and off-road only. And that's where my comparison changes in yours. Like you're saying you got to compare it to the 392, which if you're talking out of the box, out of the box, you're not, you're not wrong, but also you're not comparing side by side. Um, if you're going to compare side by side, now you're looking at something that wide open designs is building and selling out of the box, you know, with a Jeep body on it. I mean, that's really comparing side by side. Yeah. I mean, that's something I didn't consider. I mean, the backtracking just a little bit, like a 392 Jeep will tow your camper to land between the lakes. 
you could do the easy trails. When you get home, you drive it to work Monday. Like, it's just different. But Randy's got a good point. Like, if you're looking at um, just off-road only purpose-built vehicles, then maybe you do have to kind of look at a buggy. But I don't think... That's you know, not production made. That's you know not production. I mean? talk, not. Right. You kind of talked about like easy to buy if we wanted. And, and again, Randy's making a very good point. Hundred percent valid. Like you're not driving to Florida. You're not. Uh, you know, you're not towing your lawnmower to your grandma's house to mow the grass. You're not driving it to work, so on and so forth. So I mean, that goes back to like Cody. What'd you drive here today? Uh, my tr- truck actually. Yeah, I drove the Jeep. Yeah, you know, you know. And it's that's where that lands. It's it's a little different. So where's the Ford Raptor fall in on this argument? I mean, this is Razors versus Jeeps. I mean, but I mean the Raptor. I mean, honestly, what was one of those costs? I have no idea. I have no idea. Either. It's up there, but honestly, it falls away south of both. You know, and, it's a and, different different ballgame. And again, if we're if we're talking strictly off road, and, and me and Josh's conversation was was based strictly off road. There were you know. His his Jeep is not street legal. He's not going to drive that to a podcast. Yeah. His Jeep is not street legal. Um, his Jeep is extremely built, and he has a very nice Jeep. And the dude can drive, and he can wheel. And I mean, I, I hats off to him because he 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 wheels how I like to wheel, you know. And uh, so no hard feelings between me and Josh whatsoever. But like he was comparing off road to off road, and that's my point. Of that you got to throw costs out the window because it's not about the price at that point. Um, now. You talked about like easy to buy. Uh, that's that's a that's a that's a very vague um, question because we could go tomorrow morning and buy any razor model you want at at a dealership within I don't know fifteen miles. If you wanted to travel thirty miles, you could get really close. If you want to travel sixty miles, you can probably buy anything you want in the razor world. It's so readily available. So I think my argument is different now after COVID than before because before COVID, if you wake up. And you're like, I want to start wheeling $3,500 Jeep Cherokee with a four and a half inch lift locker in the back locker in the front, you know, some 33 or 35 inch mud tires. Like you were wheeling for 3,500 bucks. And when me and Sam started wheeling, like that's what we're used to. Like you go beat up a $3,500 Jeep. Someone goes and buys, I think razors were $15,000 back then, you know, for top of the line. It's like, you're out of your mind. But after COVID, those $3,500 Jeeps are $10,000 now. And everybody's getting in the four-door JKs, which are very nice. I I could not go back to a Cherokee after having a four-door Jeep. I mean, it is nice. but uh, or, or a YJ for that fact. And so I think my argument has kind of changed on the razors since, you know, after COVID. It goes also as far as what are you trying to accomplish? If you want to go, if you want to drive a vehicle to soccer practice and then to dinner and then to Badlands, you don't, you don't have an option. Jeep all day. It's only, there's not an option, but so you can't really have an argument about that. But if you're strictly talking, I would like to buy an off-road toy, then what are you after? And then to Cody's point, they're marketed heavily in that sector. I want to buy a toy for off-road. You can buy them anywhere. I mean, there's dealerships scattered across the United States. You can buy those anywhere. If you're going to buy something strictly for off-road, you're buying it secondhand. Right. If you're buying a Jeep. Yes. And I agree. Like, uh, 
Cody said, it's you can go to the dealership, buy one, take it to the trail the next day, and and run it. I and mean, wheel the, and wheel the hardest stuff in the park. And wheel hard, yeah. yeah. If you buy the top of the line machine, you can wheel the hardest stuff in the park. And that's why I pushed my brother to a razor. He's he was looking at Jeeps. I'm like, do you have a welder? No. Like, do you have a toolbox? Well, like a really small one. I was like, you don't need a Jeep. I don't know how Jason owns a Jeep without a welder. Now, on the Jeep side, they're not the, you can buy one that'll do all that stuff, but it's not easy to buy. You're going to do some research. You're going to find a guy that built one. You're going to buy someone else's build. And most likely you're going to do some minor changes on it, even if it's well built. And, um, and, and it may cost you the, and it'll probably cost you about the same amount of money. You're going to buy 50000 If you want to spend $50,000 on a built Jeep, you can do it, and it will do more than what most people are willing to try to do with it. And the kind of guy that's going to buy a $50,000 Jeep that's been built is different than the kind of guy that's going to buy a $50,000 Razor. And, and a big thing, which does not bother anybody sitting in this room, even a little bit, but something to consider for the listener. If I buy a $50,000 Razor... And I need brakes, wheels, tires, tie rod ends, ball joints, any wear item or aftermarket part, it's available. I go into the dealership or online and I search what I have. I have a 2022 Razor, whatever. I find the parts for it. I order them. They bolt on. That same machine in a Jeep that you bought, someone built, you're going to have to know the axles are out of a yeah, Super you Duty Dana 50, I don't know what what's, what he modified. It's all custom suspension. And you're going to have to do a lot more searching and research and know a lot more about that machine, that rig, to be able to add or replace parts that are on it. And, which, and I, that's one of the big things to me. You know, Let's just put a hypothetical situation here. We go to Winrock. Um, you blow up the front differential on, on Devil's Elbow, right? How quickly could we have a front diff? In Tennessee at Winrock. The part itself, you could have it in an hour. If you take your Jeep, Randy, and blow the front diff up on the trail at Winrock, how difficult would it be for you to find the replacement parts to fix it? So. And you probably build yours with stuff that's more readily available. It's readily available. Because because you wheel so often. I've been it. Yeah, that's the thing. It all depends on how it's built. That's what you got to watch about a Jeep, I guess. Because, yeah, mine is a Super Duty front end with a front diff that's it's an electric uh eaten locker i mean the the thing is on it is like that is you guys are concerned about breaking a front diff i have zero concern that anything in that front axle is going to break there i don't have enough power to break anything past a u-joint in a drive shaft which you broke doing some hardcore wheeling on the yeah. lake bed yeah that's <laughs> and then story. you can and then you can go to any part store and get that u-joint yeah and then that U-joint can be parts of it. But the front and the rear axle are legitimately built. I mean, but that's the way I built it. Not everybody does. It is the exact same setup that you see in a 1,200 horsepower rock bouncer on 43-inch tires. And I'm on 40-inch radials with a 3.8 V6 and a turbo. I mean, I am just have zero concern on breaking anything in the axle. I don't think, I really don't think I could do it. Well, if it did break it, you might be able to find an individual with the parts you know, if you made a Facebook yeah, it's, post, it's, but you're not going to go to the store and buy anything for those axles. It is a super duty front differential, but it's everything in its aftermarket. And so it, it, to sort that up, your weekend would be over. You would, you would, if you would, you would happen to break it, you're probably right. Your weekend would be over. 
you know, and what Randy's talking about is he has a very built, very nice Jeep. And, you know, we're talking about stock parts, you know, in our machines. And, you know, they, they would, you can break a front diff. They're pretty strong. We've, we've not broke one of all the years running them, but uh, not the new diff style anyway. But, you know, it does happen. My, my point is, is like just over-the-counter parts are more readily available and easy to get your hands to and easy to fix on the trail than, what you know, what, what the Jeep is. But in the early days when I was wheeling a stock axle on a TJ... <laughs> You could have kind of done the same thing. I mean, if it was, but you would break it more often, probably. That's the difference. I mean, you'd break it more often, well, but you, you could go parts. to the parts stores and buy yeah. it because it was the stock TJ. Every Jeep built from 1987 to 2006 had the exact same setup in the front of it. So it's it's a almost apples to apples there. So I think to as a tiebreaker, let's just say I was wheeling my 99 Cherokee and I blew up a Dana 30 front shaft. I can probably find that pretty easily at Winrock. My weekend's not over, but here's the tiebreaker. An 18 millimeter, a 15 millimeter, a wrench and socket. I have an axle shaft replaced in a razor in 15 minutes while drinking a beer. I disagree with the tiebreaker. My, my disagreement is, you broke that front Dana 35 times that weekend. And you probably don't do that in a razor on a stock part. That's why you have to build a Jeep. Um, I don't get that. I don't get I that. I don't get what you're saying. So you, you say you wheel all weekend and you, you break a front diff. And, and I'm guessing that's not something on a, like, okay, let's go back. I think what it, Sam's trying to get at is, is it's so easy to replace the part that he's broke on his razor compared to replacing the same part on the Jeep. He's right. It's probably easier, but the, the difference is on the razor, which I'm actually speaking on the wrong side here because it's for the razor. But if in back in the day, like you probably, when I went to the off-road park, I used to carry extra, a whole set of extra axle shots plus complete extra front axle, like a whole axle end to end, a whole axle end to end for the rear end. Because you knew you was going to break it at least twice that weekend. That's that's fair. So it's an argument for the razor. Yeah, it's actually well, an argument for the razor if you're wheeling stock compared to stock. Yeah. Well, but you know, we did the same I'll, thing I'll, when I'll we were. I'll say I'll give you that. Back when we were riding machines that had axle weak axle issues, we would always. I mean, it was all a thing that Sam carried a front, I carried a rear. You know, we had the exact same machine, so we used to carry spare axle shafts too. Um, but back to what Sam's trying to say is is the tools it takes to change an axle shaft for a razor it can fit in your hand and you can do in, you know, five minutes. I don't know how long it takes to fix that. I mean, on a rear TJ rear axle, the best I ever did was 15 minutes trail side rear axle shaft. And with a Jeep, you have to carry a high lift jack or something with a side by side. We don't carry jacks. We just grab another machine's winch and winch it on its side. We just fix it on the trail. We do that with Jeeps too. Do we? Yeah. Okay. So one thing I want to circle back, and I absolutely 100% don't believe in this, but a lot of people do, but I would assume it's easier to get a loan on a Razor than a built Jeep. Oh, a million 100%. times easier. Yeah, built for sure. And you that, know, new to new, probably very, very equal. And that, I guess that goes back to who's getting a loan. I mean, like, I could walk in the bank and say, I want so much yeah. money for whatever I want. And my banker's going to look at me and be like, okay, whatever you want. Don't well, matter. Not everybody's like that though. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and for, for the most part, the general public is, is, is not, you know, um, there's you know going to be questions. And at the end of the day, the bank has some rules they've got to follow to um, some protocol, you know, titles for lien holders. And so, so like nothing that. against anybody listening. 
in the whole world, or the guy I'm about to talk about, we were at Moonlight, and there was a guy, super nice guy, camping in a tent. Had a Toyota Corolla with a trailer hitch on it. Probably a $2,000 Corolla, rusted out, beat up, and he had a little 14-foot oh, trailer. I know you're talking like, where is this going? I know and it, it was beat to crap. And, you know, camping in a tent, beat to crap Corolla, beat to crap trailer. He had a brand new, at the time, 2020 Honda Talon four-seater. Beautiful machine. I think it's like one of the very first ones i ever even seen. And, I mean, nothing against this guy at all. He invested his money in his recreational enjoyment of this side-by-side. It was a Honda, not my brand, but he sunk every dime he had into his Honda Talon loan. And not judging the guy at all, but if he had really good credit, he probably wouldn't be towing it with a Toyota Corolla. But it's pretty easy to get finance for a side-by-side, especially through the manufacturer. You know, may, he may have had an 18% interest rate on that Haunted Town, but by God, he had a Haunted Town. He was there that weekend wheeling. He was having a I damn mean, good time. He was having doing. a blast, too. Yeah. yeah. So so back to this. I mean, what are we carrying? Are we, are we talking the actual machine, Jeeps versus Razors? Are we talking... How is it? How is it for people to get them? Well, that's just one. I think one yeah. subject of of it. If one, you're going to consider one it, one of Dozer's question was is of purchasing one, and I think that kind of ties up the you know what it takes to purchase one, and you know it just comes down to you know are you a cash buyer and going to spend five thousand and less and buy an old Cherokee, but again, it takes Dozer's bottom to have a whole night's worth of fun in a stock Cherokee and. I think I did it my razor in the mud and two-wheel drive in minutes. I was like, that, that's boring. And then right. I jumped in the Jeep and like I had the time of my life in the Jeep. And I was like, I know why Jeeps are so fun now. It takes a small wet rock that's 12 inches to be a blast. And we had a blast that night, you know, in, in your- on five acres with yeah. three Jeeps. We wheeled all night on five acres. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's a big that's a big thing for me is like Sam already kind of touched about it. The amount of park you can see- um, you know, while, while rec, rec riding, it just, again, it goes down to like, are you strictly look for an off-road vehicle? Or are you looking for uh you know, something that you can drive to work every day? Let's talk, let's talk, we're going to move on here. Um, let's talk modifications. So what's the price difference between wheels and tires? So like, let's say 37s versus 33s on a UTV, 37s on a Jeep. Well, I'm losing this one, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean... I, I think let, I'll just go high end. If you go high end set of 35 um, BFGs, uh, you're going to be on B locks. Two grand high for that's for 15 gotcha. inch B locks on a set of 35s. Okay, let's go high end Jeep on B locks. Uh, stickies on B locks. You're looking 1500 a corner. So, so not cheaper. Six grand, razor. you know. And there's you can go below that. I would say your average. If you're going high end, I, high end. I would I would say your average street trail rig. You're talking four to five hundred dollars a tire, and two to three hundred dollars a wheel. Would you say for you did yeah? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could buy some steel wheels. My average uh, and other people's average are probably different. So, and that, what what Randy's saying about that is is he's going to marketplace hunt and shop and find a deal. Right, you but know, you could do that with a razor. You do the same thing, but you know, you know, like Dozer saying, if you're going to oh, buy I, something I on the thought, shelf and the most common cheap. The, the most common uh the most common um wheel and tire package. wheel and tire package for for a UTV is about sixteen hundred bucks all in wheels and tires. 
Gotcha. That, that so is Jeeps, a, that's Jeeps a set of Ewoks. Yeah. So you you not quite double, I'd say. Like you can get a good set of wheels and tires for a Jeep for twenty five hundred bucks. I would say. I mean, it'd be something you could wheel it, with. It'd be at and, least it'd be right at double. I bet. Yeah. And 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 drive on the street and still wheel and and still have fun. You know, you can get a good mud terrain, streetable, and still have fun off road. I mean, I think about every add-on part to a jeep is going to be more money i mean a jeep winch you need a twelve thousand pound winch i mean you can buy the badlands jeep winch for those you just bought one how much uh, i don't remember it was a couple of years ago but 699 bucks for twelve thousand. you can buy the badlands utv winch for 150 you know um right. six thousand pound winch kind Not of thing cheaper again yeah now you get into like bumpers. I have no idea what a what a bumper costs for a four door, like a pre made bumper. You know that comes powder coated, ready to bolt on. That's the crazy thing. I'm sure same with side by side. You can go to eBay and get actually fairly decent quality besides the finish and, for and, 110 bucks, or you can is, spend a thousand and ten dollars. This is where spend. the JK has leveled the playing field, because ten years ago, you had to almost custom make anything that yeah. wasn't a pile of crap for a Jeep. Today, if you type in JK front bumper, you have 10,000 options at your fingertips on Google. And shipped to your door in two days. And exactly. yep. it's, it's reasonably priced. And I would venture to say bumpers, you're going to be, you know, a good bumper for a Razor is going to be on the lower end spectrum of the JK, but it's going to function the same equally well between both machines. You're going to spend... 250 bucks on a front bumper for a razor and it's going to be minimal coverage 300 bucks for a jk front bumper minimal coverage 500 is a great bumper for a razor 500 is a really good bumper on a jk i agree with that and on a razor one of the arguments is everything kind of bolts on well the jk is the same exact way and dozer can attest to this oh yeah i love it yeah, you know, those are kind of talked about, like, not reinventing the wheel. You know, there's a reason why people wheel JKs. Like, you can literally open the catalog and or the internet and get anything you want, bolt on and go. I mean, if I was to buy a, a, a Jeep, I would buy, you know, I would I'd obviously consult with Dozer and um, Randy on what year to buy. But I'd buy, like, a, you know, 12, 13, four-door. And I would literally bolt on everything that I wanted. I would not do anything that was more than bolt on because I don't have the time for, you know, Axle swaps and LS swaps and blah, blah, blah. I would bolt on, kind of like Nate's rig. Nate's a very bolt-on machine, and, and he wheels well. I and mean, he went up 15. Well. He went up 15 with us and, and did a really good job. And uh, uh, that, that's how I would own one, you know, for Did sure. he have to winch up 15? He winched at the last spot where everybody winches up 15. Yep. So, so Although I- he broke his windshield, turning left into the bank that you have to turn into to get up there. So, so I was going to add in when we were talking, you know, price increases and we were talking Cody said something about you know the actual shop that does the modification I would say a huge factor in the price increase as far as the valuation for modified vehicles I think a big factor in that would be your YouTube influencers there's a enormous amount of content that Jason you know tells me about all the time like so-and-so did this so-and-so did that and there's I talk to my customers you know when I first started with Snap-on, most of my customers didn't even know what Jeeps were, didn't even know what KOH was, didn't know what Winrock was. But now, I think COVID probably had a lot to do with this. You have all these creators on YouTube sharing in the experience, and you have all these people that never got to experience this 
for themselves. I have hundreds of customers and I would say 20% of them now are like, oh man, KOH, I know what that is. If you'd asked them six years ago what KOH was, they're like, is that some kind of campground or something? Like, I don't know, you know, but now there's so much publicity surrounding it on YouTube. You know, it's the same way with the JK and the side-by-sides and everything. You know, you say bolt on, there's no limit to bolt on. Never. If, 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 if you have a big enough checkbook, I can go to Gagner Brothers right now, buy a JL, call up a company, and order one tons that bolt into that son of a gun. It's going to cost you a bunch, but it's going to bolt in. There's no fabrication required. Yeah, Mitch, right Mitch Buzzard has a set of those. Yep, um, it so is. It's so funny it's you say that. Out. It's so funny you say that, Dozer, or uh, Sam, because uh, Cherokee Ronnie um, runs a YouTube channel, I guess. Uh, obviously, he's in the Cherokees because his name's Cherokee Ronnie, but... He is building a 900S Razor and wants a low pro cage and wants to do like a, a install video and a review on on YouTube. So I sent him a, a low pro cage for nothing actually today. So I'm sure Jason probably knows all about Cherokee Ronnie, but uh, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a thing, you know. And I think it's kind of neat. Obviously, he's a Cherokee guy and he probably bought a Razor and it's kind of getting the off road thing. So I think another big thing that's next on the list <clears throat> is repair. So to me. Most of the guys, in fact, probably all the guys that wheel at my level and above to Randy's level do all the stuff themselves, all the fab, all the, most of them. I'm sure there's some doctors and lawyers and stuff that pay to have it done, but most of your Jeep guys are do-it-yourself guys, I feel. Okay. And if you want something done, you know, besides Randy, when he had his shop, that was about the only place there's ever been. There's been other four by four shops, but they're like bolt on only. That's what and, Cody was saying earlier. Yeah. And like, you know, when, when the owner of a four by four shop swaps in Dana sixties with coarse spine axles and drum brakes and closed knuckles, like that's not a good place <laughs> to bring your, that's not a good place to bring. <laughs> not your naming any names. Uh, they, they, they were one and a quarter act ton. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. Closed knuckle though. Closed knuckle, you know. The, yeah, closed knuckle and drum brakes. And they, and people take them out of the Jeep vehicle they came in to put tons in them. Put tons in them, but anyway. Regardless, I, if you're not doing it yourself, being a Jeep guy, it would be hard to f- even find somebody to do the level of work to get you to where Randy and Josh Stork is at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whereas in the side-by-side world. You just drop it off. You don't even really have to do the mods, really. You just pick it up, but there's, you know, one to two to three UTV repair places in each town at this point. And you can drop your KRX off at CW Motorsports. For long travel, a full custom cage, you know, you name it. It's 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 available. The cage thing is probably not as readily available, but as far as like long travel and portals and, I mean, start spitting stuff. And it's, yeah. and not even my shop. I mean, I can rattle you off. 15 shops in, you know, within a half hour, within, the phone within, area, yeah, within a half a day of driving, that'll do the same thing. And that's the thing with the Jeeps, you could drop it off. You could get that work done. It's just, you're not going to do it around this area. You're not going to do it in central Illinois. I mean, you're going to drop it off. You're going to go to North Carolina. You're going to go to Nevada. You're going to go to Texas. There's shops that do it, but it's not here. That's the problem. That is one of the problems with it. And you can take it to whatever limit you want to at those shops. It's just, open your checkbook and this is you know cody's law large numbers in play here because how many units did polaris sell 
you know, just one unit. Well, last year they sold a hundred and six or a couple. This has been a couple of years ago now, but they sold one hundred and sixty-five thousand more units. One hundred sixty-five thousand more units than the next than closest the next, the next closest competitor. You know, so, so there's that many Jeeps being sold, I'm sure, but they're getting a leveling kit, wheels and tires, and a radio and a winch tops. So Randy made a living because the Jeep dealer across the street was putting the literally the cheapest two-inch lift kit they could find and the cheapest 12-ply hard tires that made them drive garbage, garbage. right? Yeah. Brand new. like Because people want that look, you know, like... Mom wants to drive her four-door Jeep to soccer practice with her son in it that's lifted and it's got wheels and tires on it. And they don't understand the quality of, of drivetrain parts. And, uh, you know, Dylan, Dylan Miller and Tori, they bought one from a, from a dealer, local dealership. And it drove, like, they, it drove so bad they wouldn't drive it to Florida on family vacation. It was the only vehicle they had to get them out of the state. And they didn't drive it to Florida on family vacation because it drove that bad. And it, that was so common. I mean, they were people leave the dealership and think, you know, for the first week, oh, this thing's awesome. I got a big lifted Jeep, you know, but, the, and it's the new, it's the newness and have something cool. And then it settles in. This thing drives not good. It's so bad. I don't even want to drive it anymore. And I did. I mean, so many people came into the shop and it was a common fix that I had to do to fix caster and, you know, just little things that, is one notch more than your dealership, your regular shop would do any, you know, it didn't, it wasn't really a so much bolt on fix. It was something that had to be major changes, but it just that one notch pass that would make them drive good again that the, nobody else is willing to do. And it took guys like Randy that education to, to, to do that. And that's just, you just don't find that. It's just not out there. You know, there's that I would, I would venture to say, 90% of the Jeeps that drive around town um, and, and anywhere for that matter are the front ends are just set up completely wrong and there's so much improvement to be done. I, I would agree with that because Dozer traded off his, well, he didn't trade, but he got rid of the, the red Rubicon and got an orange uh, automatic. It was not a Rubicon, but it's got the, the heavy duty axles and stuff. And he'll tell you. The red one drove great. The orange one, how's it drive, Dozer? Not good at all. But I think I've got that figured out. So I do have a really good understanding on what it takes to fix death wobble. And I've done a lot of the things. I'm running out of things to check off the list, but I know I'm going to get it fixed. Uh, But uh, it's, you know, it is a fight. And, you know, talking about what kind of brought this conversation up was, was a, a repair shop to do that at. I mean, those are a few. Oh, yeah, I'd do it all myself. If yeah. I took that to Gegner Brothers, they'd be like, uh, They probably wouldn't even take it in the door. They'd probably let it in the and shop. And half the shops are just going to throw rough country dual steering stabilizers on it and yep. wish you luck. You're right. That's that. That is uh, that is probably a negative on because, the Because, like, side. I'm going to, like, start drilling out steering mounting points and flipping them around and retapering and like it's going to be some some irreversible modifications and some are, are coming and some actual fabrication yes yeah. which is why i like jeeps i like that stuff i like pulling an axle out and welding a truss on like to me i enjoy working on them as much as i do driving them 
Not and, me. and Randy may be the same. I yeah, I mean, it, it's if there was a point in time when I owned a shop, I did not. I, I, uh, it I got to the point. I did not like my hobby being my daily job. I mean, it, it didn't make it a hobby anymore, I guess. But now that I don't do that all the time, I had a blast for the record. I, and, and, and you helped it. Before you, you, fired, you yeah. actually helped make it fun. But like I said, it was. It was uh it was still a job and then I remember like every time we had a wheeling trip, it was an all night adventure. My buddies make made so much fun of me for this and they weren't wrong. Like it was an all night adventure to get my shit ready to go on the wheeling trip because I didn't work on it unless I had to because I was burnt out working on everybody else's stuff. That that is something that I can say and people don't understand that like when you do it every day, all day long for other people, like yeah, your stuff's the last to get going and they don't get the fact that, oh, well, you had you had three weeks throughout the night to, to work on it. Like, dude, I did not want to come home and work on my Jeep. It's not what I wanted to do. Like, you worked your day job all day long doing what you do, and then you came home and, you know, put the work clothes on and went out there and worked on a Jeep because it, it's enjoyable. Like, well, I already did that for 12 hours today. Yep. You guys watch Friends, the show Friends? I do not watch TV. I do not have time in my life no. for television. <laughs> well, there's an episode of Friends. And you know where I'm going with this, Dozer? No, I don't. There's an episode of Friends. Which is, you know, this great is, TV show. This shows. is the guy that don't have time to work on his car yeah. over here talking about TV shows. No, is this on the TV at the bar or at home? <laughs> <laughs> this is years ago. Like, Friends has been off there forever. Anyway, main character, Rachel, is got a love interest. He's a gynecologist. And they're kind of seeing each other for a few weeks. And she's telling her girlfriends, like, he hasn't put the moves on me. Hasn't put the moves on me. So finally, sits him down. Hey, how come you haven't put the moves on me? And he he sits her down and he goes, "Well, you're a waitress at a coffee shop, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." Did you ever go home and just think, if I see one more freaking cup of coffee, I'm just gonna lose my shit? Because <laughs> he's a guy of college, right? So like that. My dad's got a joke about a TV repairman, but 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 like you're saying, like if it's what you do every single day, you are burnt out to do it. For your own recreational purposes. It is. I, my, my friends used to give me so much shit because they would make fun of me for like, I would work nonstop and we were leaving on a wheeling trip and we always traveled together. There's usually two on a trailer and I would load up on my trailer, my Jeep, and they would bring their Jeep over, put it on trailer and I'd be like, you're driving. I didn't sleep a wink. I mean, literally as you was pulling in the driveway to leave in the morning, I was loading mine up. Mm-hmm. And what they, what they won't tell you is, is that you worked on their Jeep last week and the other guy's Jeep the week before yeah. and the other guy's Jeep the week before. And you made sure all their Jeeps were good to go before you could go because I can so relate to that. That's a yeah. pain point for Cody Willenberg. Every single time we got something to do, Sam's Razor gets, is the first one done because I know I got to get his done and ready to go so I, before I can work on mine and get ready to go. And they forget that shit, you yeah. know? Wheel and sugar daddy. Oh. And, I, and I will say... When I had the metal shop going, I had $50,000 in tube design software, tube cutting equipment, and tube bending equipment. And still to this day, there's not one single custom piece of tube on my Jeep, on anything I own. Like, I, if I never do a roll cage again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, I think one of the big things that I want to talk about, and this is a, this is a topic that... Um, I have seen both sides of, and I think Randy has also, and I think we'll come to a mutual agreement of this, but trail etiquette. Oh yeah. Let's get into this. I like this. I like where this is going. So as a, as a razor guy, 
you are are driving down the trail and you come up upon a jeep and i don't know i have never in my life seen jeeps just go with like one or two people like i think if you have a jeep you bring the freaking county with you there is there is jeeps as far as you can see there's 30 of them with all with four people in them there's a hundred people in this big row and it's got a trail so freaking plugged up they can't even get over the little pebble that's in front of them, and they do they gotta not stop and take a picture for the grant. Oh my yeah. god! They don't get out of your way. They won't talk to you. They won't take your advice on how to hook a winch cable up. And the next thing you know, there is there, there like that's there's thirty more guys that got to go over this, and they just spent forty five minutes winching this first guy. And I'm thinking, you guys need to turn around and go home. You're not even going to get the last go over this obstacle before it's dark. Uh, and they're very disrespectful and rude and don't wave and don't pull over for you. And I just have a sour taste in my mouth, but I will say, I will honestly say this, that most of those people, most, not, not, there is others also, but most of those people are your mall crawlers on a set of 35s with a, with a Badlands winch on the front of it. And like Sam said, they're taking a picture for the gram whenever they get the front wheel to get it six inches off the ground on a flex. And uh, it, it's just such a pain in the ass. Like, it just ruins it for me. Like, don't be rude. I, I could get past you guys and get out of your way. Don't make me sit here behind you. Now, a lot of that goes into, like, not really lap traffic, like the KOH stuff. But when you're when you're moving as a group legitimately 150 percent or 200 percent faster than a group of jeeps you're just going to come up on more stuff like that and i think another thing is i would say that we are in a different group of side-by-side riders like as far as level so like so let's let's just say if you have level one through ten on difficulty. I think Cody was getting to this. I, I think we just need to let him keep. Going. <laughs> okay, I think, right, I think okay, he was okay. getting to this. Right, so you know, I, I get where you're going and, and where you're coming with this is, and like me and and you, Sam, wheel the toughest trails in the park. You know, um, the my last trip to Windrock, I went there. I specifically said the only trails I'm riding are the ones that are impossible to make, and you don't normally run into the mall crawler jeep on that trail. Now, when you're in those situations, for the most part, if you show up to a, a insane obstacle, a jeep razor rock bouncer, whatever it is, for the most part, ninety percent of the time. Everyone is like super friendly. Everyone gets along and they're there to help you out. Like, oh man, we just seen this razor take this line, but you know, we got a bouncer. It's bigger. We took this line and uh, everyone kind of gets along in that category, but it's getting to that point of the trail that you got to deal with. I'm going to just say it, the snobs that are in mall crawlers that are in your way that think you're some peasant in a razor. And in all reality, if you want to talk money here again, they're in a, you know, they're in a 2010 four door with a, a set of 33s and on aluminum wheels, not even beadlocks. Like your, your vehicle doubles theirs in Bryce and they're just won't get out of your way because you're, you're talking about Walden's Ridge, aren't you're you? You're in a razor. Oh my All God. Whatever. I, so I, I a hundred percent agree with Cody on this, on the other side of it. So we have in the past been our group of Jeeps. I want to start way back. Like I, I was that person 2004, 2005, you know, I loved inviting everybody I knew to go wheeling and everybody had copper mill built rigs. And today 
I don't like inviting people. I four, mean, four people. Four rigs is my max. Exactly. Four to six. I mean, that's it. Four to six, and they better be built, and they better know how to drive. We call them liabilities if they're not. Exactly. So it's like uh, nowadays, it's like we run the same thing. It was back then. We ran into 800 razors broke on the trail, and it was a freaking access road, and they broke a front axle, you know, whatever it was, and they're in our way. Now it's and it, and it's still that today on the smaller ones but it's uh today it's you want to get your six buddies that have anywhere from a full built rock bouncer to a TJ with an LS and one tons um down the trail and we are pushing through we're pushing through the Jeep guys we're pushing through the mall crawler razor guys but when it comes down to when you meet up with the razor guys that are actually there to wheel the hard stuff they're just like you know, I'm I'm fine. You know, they're they're good to wheel with. You know, that's and, the way it is. And that's what I was gonna touch on earlier. Like, like on the one to ten scale, like Cody and I are an eight. Okay, the people that are there wheeling at an eight, whether it's a side by side or a Jeep, we're all there for the same reason, and we all have the same mentality. And we're not screwing around. We're not like if you're faster than me, hit your push to pass, bud. You're around me. Yeah. If you go down to that one two, in a Jeep. Or a side by side. I guarantee you, on G one any given day at Winrock, there's a group of twenty five razors on the five thirty club. They wheel for five minutes and drink for thirty, and they're clogging the whole damn road because they're just there to mess around and drink. Yeah. And then you got the Jeep posse that's got sixty five Jeeps on some Jeep run with you know two hundred people. They're trying to get through there, and it, it, I get it. So I get where that comes from. But uh, Randy experienced this firsthand on our last Windrock trip. We were we were on a we were on we, I wouldn't say an easy trail, but not a hard trail by any means. And uh, this Jeep Jeep was flipped. Like I mean, literally, we, when we got to it, it was still on its side. Right? Was it still on its side? No, it no, just they got, just got it back they on. Just wheels. got it back on the wheels. We were trying we to figure out why they were wiping mud off the hard time. Then I realized it was laying on its side not that yeah. long ago. <laughs> so we had come up on it, um, and they they were just on their side. And you know, obviously, you know, they, they, these people were overlanders. These were one to two scale people for sure. And uh, me and Randy are you know very knowledgeable and probably could have helped them out and uh, gave them some advice and what to do and what not to do. You know how long to wait to start it. Cause it's on the side. How long was it on the side? They wouldn't even tell us hello. We, we, we stood 15 foot from them. We couldn't get to them because, well, we could have, we want to get our feet muddy, but yeah, we chose not to walk across the mud for these rude people, but they wouldn't even tell us hi. Would not even say, hi, how are you guys doing? Instead, they sat dead in the middle of the trail. And I think after about 15 minutes, they're like, um, this guy just flipped like, yeah, yeah, duh. We, we see that. How about you get the hell out of the way? Right. So after they started it, they started it and then pulled forward to the point where then absolutely couldn't get around them because before they pulled forward, we maybe could have got around yeah. them. It would have been like super muddy. We would have been very disrespectful to them because we probably would have threw mud all over them, all over their Jeeps. Maybe we would have got hung up. It would have been kind of a bad thing. So we were respectful enough to check up, let them go. But then they start their Jeep pull it forward, park it exactly in the way where yeah. you weren't passing them at all. Pretense that, that, you know, we're coming down a hill with some ruts in it and that's where they rolled. And then they decided when they finally got it up and running, there's a, there's a huge ditch, eight foot drops, you know, and they parked the Jeep on the culvert, the one place to pass, one place to get across this little wa the wash. And also they wiped the mud off the windows. To wipe the mud off the windows. When 25 feet ahead of them, you could have parked 50 Jeeps in a lot. 
<laughs> and the funniest thing was they had flipped it on its side and the, the, it broke the mirror off. Right. Um, again, had they greeted us, we probably would have walked over there and got our feet muddy and Randy could have saved the guy some money because instead of, you know, popping the door panel back and unplugging the, the power mirror, you know what they did? Snip the now. wire. They cut the wire instead of, instead of like, Hey, you undo this, pop this little snap crip loose. You can just unplug it, but no, let's, let's pull the plug out and cut the plug off. Yeah. Makes total sense. <laughs> so, you know, it, that that's where most of my beef comes with the razor or with the Jeep over the razor is just flat trail etiquette. Like I'm telling you, you cannot meet any more rude people than you can on the trail and on a four door Jeep. See, I mean, I've had the opposite experience goes- last time at Windrock. We went up 15 and we all got to 15 and after you go through like the gatekeeper there's like a trail to the right if you don't go in the big yep, b yep. and there was two razors sitting there and we're like oh whatever we'll go there was nobody backed up behind us so we start walking through and of course you know jeeps take a long time to go through that and like they come down and get in our faces and they're like they're like we got buddies trying to get through here well there was still they had buddies still down at the bottom the, the at the general store that came up well we had already started wheeling we were plugging it up well they like got in our faces well we never knew that and like you don't just get to pull in a trail 15 and wait a half hour for your buddies to get there and that's like your trail and like so it was the opposite i mean i just feel like they should have sat at g1 and right. waited for their buddies there's, there's you know. probably you know there's there's probably bad apples in every crowd you know but i feel like i've been mean mugged by just as many razors yeah, and you know, and, and I always say like this is everyone's hobby. It's what we do. Like I don't care if you're out there in a in a Chrysler town and country with with mud tires on it. Like if you're out there wheeling and having fun, like okay, oh. t- all right, time the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> Your freaking Chrysler town and country is already wrecked with a deer. Let's drive it <laughs> and bolt, bolt drive it to Windrock, bolt some razor takeoffs on that bitch and just oh go mobbing God. through. So, have you seen the oh, video? Yes. There was a there was a BMW car on 15. Yes. Yeah, yeah so, that would be so much fun. So go back to that dozer. So if you would have pulled up on those two guys with a four seat razor and your family, they would have been, "Hey bud, what's going on?" You know, here, you know, yeah, our buddies are down there too, you know, but Hey, if you if you wait for just a little bit instead of just getting up in your face because you pulled up in a jeep, they got in your face, and not they weren't all wrong. I probably would have done the same thing on the other side of that. You know, if if you had, yeah, we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been there. But you know what I mean. If it was jeep sitting there and you pulled up in a razor, they would have done the same thing. It kind of goes both ways, but it just comes. To. Yeah, what Randy's trying to say is it just you know. It comes down to be like I was saying, like just be respectful for the off-road buddy. You know, I don't care what you're wheeling, Doesn't matter what. Just be respectful to me. And uh, unfortunately, Jeep and Razor guys are not at all respectful on, on the trail to each other, and it's terrible. You not know? like Jeep and Yoda guys. It's kind of like yeah. jet ski, jet ski people and bass boat. Guys. <laughs> oh boy! Oh god! That might be and, worse. And you know, we were kind of just talking about uh, hitting you know, getting to the tough trail, you you know, you'll meet eights and eights, but trail 15 is probably the one trail that's out of that because it's so close to the main office. Everyone and their brother tries that trail. It's like the, it's, the, got, it's the closest, hardest trail there is in the park. So yeah, you got twos running the eight 
when they shouldn't be basically what amounts to is like you got oh your buddy your buddy you one of the guys on that jeep trip or on that side on that razor trip is an eight and he talked everybody to run into 15 because it's right there and <laughs> now you got now you got a bunch of twos on that trail that probably shouldn't be on there that's 100 percent. cody cody willenberg would but, bring would bring 10 North Star Ranger cruise to Trail 15. We're like, hey guys, let's just try this. It's 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 only a single black diamond, and it's like just one spot. And he would get freaking 14. So, <laughs> I can't I can't say nothing because my I I for some reason I get stuck leading all the time. And my thing is what I do, even with new guys on board, is we show up on off road park. The first trail we hit is the hardest trail at the park. Separates them separates yep. them and they're, they're either going to come back and build their shit and come back and wheel with you or never wheel with you again or they're going to no, hate you and never don't wheel, see you again that's why i don't wheel with randy and josh stork because josh was like yeah last weekend we broke every windshield in every jeep I'm, you want to come with us like no nah, i'm good <laughs> i don't have a straight body panel so, on my jeep yeah. like ah, i think it's, i'll just sit this it's one funny out. you say that and i know ray wines is a listener um and ray's a super nice guy and ray has really really nice equipment and i remember he was always like i got he's got some property at winrock just like i do like we gotta ride we gotta ride we gotta ride so you know we got together the first day and i don't even remember the Sam or not, you were there. And uh, he shows up, we ride, shows up the first day. The next two days, he was quote unquote sick. I'm that, 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 was that oh, the, I, I know Ray. Ray. Four seat? Uh, not a four seater, no. It's uh, he has like a re- he had a really, really nice 1000 rocking trail at that time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. the guy. Yep, showed I, up the first day, wheeled us, never showed on, up the second day. He's which like, these fuckers are crazy. Which I'm not which, wheeling with these guys. Which, in his defense, we did some stupid shit that day, and I think I had a broken <laughs> axle or something. Like, yeah, I I don't blame him even a little bit. And, and Cody's not wrong. Ray's a nice, super nice guy. I I like Ray. He used to come by the shop when I had to shop up there. I mean, he was a great. Ray's a nice guy, and he always talks about wheeling at Winrock, but. His and he equipment. does. He wheels a rot lot there, but, but his he equipment, wheels the shit where we His equipment is really clean with no scratches. I'm like, you you can't be wheeling the same shit. Yeah, yeah. There's some guys that buy beadlocks and cry when they scratch the rings. I just can't. I don't understand that. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I took some people there one time, and they're like freaking out. Like, oh, my God, I got a scratch on my beadlock ring. I'm like, oh, dude, we've not even started. This, like, this, this is the longest I've ever gone with all four center caps on a set of beadlocks like in my life. I don't yeah. even try, try center caps anymore. So I had a I had a realization. I I never liked razors because my argument was if I need a transmission, I can go to the junkyard get a used transmission. Like <clears throat> razor parts are just so expensive, so expensive, and uh, I, I would like die on that hill. Motors are a couple thousand, and transmissions are a couple thousand. Well, that's when I was into Cherokees. Well, I get into four-door Wranglers. And if you need a motor, a used motor is $1,500. A Reman is 3000 just like a Razor. A used transmission's $1,000 to $1,500 for a used transmission. A Reman's $3,000. And my Jeep, when I bought it, needed a transmission. I bought a used transmission for $400, ha, take that razor people, you know, affordable parts. And I got the, I got it put in. I was like, that sucked. It took me and Jason all weekend to put that transmission in. And I was like, if I'd have known it was that bad, I would never put a used transmission in a Jeep. I would put a reman. So you didn't have to redo it. And then it hit me. I was like, 
that pretty much null and voids my argument for a razor for, for parts so, cost yeah yes because i would never put a used transmission in a jeep again so years ago dozer i don't know if you've got to this point yet but this the money thing i don't even think there's an argument money wise because you can spend as much money on a razor or as much money on his jeep it's to me it is still depends on does it do what you wanted to do but Somewhere several years ago, I realized spending $12,000 to build a front axle is okay. I mean, when did that happen? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, I mean, when does that happen? I don't know when, if I'm there yet, but, I, but 20, I grand in, 20 grand in a set of axles and you're okay with it. I mean, when, when, when does that, at that point, what, what does it, what does it really matter what you're building? I don't know. Maybe you had it at that point or you got used to, you got tired of spending, you know, doing it as affordable as possible and it ruining your weekend. And at some point you're just like, I think, I'm spending I think the you, diesel you're on something and, there and all that. And like I say, I tried to do the Cherokee thing as cheap as possible. And, and now that I got a JK, man, it is nice. But, so I, I think to, to, you know, to, to say we would agree that it really comes down to if being street legal is important to you or not, you know, if, if daily driving it or having it as a second vehicle or being able to take it on a car cruise or something, whatever, um, is, is important to you or not, you know, Jeep is, Jeep is what you need to go. If you want to see countryside with your family and, uh, wheel and do some obstacles and have fun and not get beat up while riding and, uh, have availability to all kinds of parts, you know, I think a razor is the option. I, I'm not, I mean, I obviously am a, am a razor guy, but I, the Jeep thing is super neat. I mean, I think Randy's Jeep is phenomenal how fast it goes across the desert floor, um, how big obstacles you can do in a Jeep compared to a razor. That, that's a, that's a big thing too. Just tire size alone. You know, you know, I wouldn't Sheer say, size. I wouldn't say that, you know, there's no obstacle that a Jeep can do that a razor can't, but you know, I, I mean, cause there's always a winch, you know, um, now I think there's obstacles that a Jeep may be able to drive that a razor would have to winch. But the flip side that I could go right back over is I can fit places a Jeep can't fit, you know? And I made the argument, I don't know if it was at KOH or somewhere, but like, for instance, like we'll just take Devil's Elbow. Like, oh, well, Randy's Jeep on 40s can drive up at no winch. No big deal. Like, 100% not going to argue with that. A Razor has done it. I personally have never done it. I've been too afraid of damage. Just go ahead and take the winch. But I can leave the general store get to devil's elbow, winch to the top, have lunch and two beers before you even get to devil's elbow. So I have plenty of time to pull winch cable so, waiting on you to get there. So I, I, I pre, so you're right. You're not wrong with most people, but there's, there are people like if it's me and Josh and Nate wheeling, like, and maybe even Dave, like if you get the three to four guy of, guys of us, we will, as we will run, we will run speeds that we're usually in four low, but I mean, we're running speeds. We're damn near on a rev limiter running trails. But how fast is that? I mean, I'm still saying it's 30 in the thirties. There's times we get into thirties and there's times that we're on a tight trail. We're I mean, it's tight. It's a lot slower. It just depends how tight it is. But like, if we get on the main trails, our group will run some speed. I mean, we will beat them up. We will run some speed. There's, I remember times that we are literally pushing each other on their bumpers, trying to keep, just to keep other people going faster. <laughs> yeah. And you, and again, you know, you know this and you know, you're the one percenter, you're the one percenter yeah, of, it uh, is. of off, you know, of, of Jeep off-roading for sure. And 
So, I mean, I've said a lot of nice things about razors, and I, I seriously considered getting one, um, and still do every day. Your brother bought it out from underneath you. Well, uh, but uh, maybe he bought it for him. Hey, no, he's like a do- doc- he's like a doctor these days. Yeah, so, you know? he'll just give it to me in a couple late, years. Late birthday present. Yeah, but uh, I did some research, some heavy research. I'm a big internet research guy, and everything I found on the Jeeps versus Razors post on Facebook was buy a Jeep if you like going slow and being able to drive it on the road. Buy a Razor if you want to go fast and go off roading. And the general consensus was there was about a third of the people who said I have both. Oh, I can yeah. see that. Yep. And I, yeah. I 100% agree with that. And, and yeah. I'll tell you and, right now. I mean, and you can arguably say I have both. I have a Bronco, you know? Yeah. So I guess I was going to wait for this to the end, but I yeah, will I, I will probably own a Razor in in this year. I mean, that's uh, co-driving with Cody, getting into this racing thing with him has changed my opinion on this a little bit. Now, do I really think it'll do everything I want to do in the Jeep? No, I really don't. But is it enough fun and enough more adventure to uh, own one? Yes, I do believe it is. And and it's just like anything. There's there's stuff at the Badlands, you know, V-notch, not possible on a Razor, in my opinion. Without if you if you had a a bouncer Razor. You could probably do it. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say because I've I've about done that on Razor before. I've done it every time I've been there. Exactly. <laughs> and Cody's like, a professional racer. The, the, the back I wall. I about body damage way too much. The, the back wall at the quarry, any Razor can do it anytime. No big deal. Two-step, no big deal. No gas hill, you're not doing it on a Razor. I don't give a shit. You're not doing it on a Razor. But in a park like the Badlands, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you, like you were talking about the Badlands earlier. You didn't say it, but you were talking about it that you know, in a Jeep, it was all it was an all weekend trip, and it goes back to where we're built today compared to where we were back then. Like me and Nate go to the Badlands, and we kill it one direction in the morning, the other direction in the afternoon. But like there were the one percenter of the wheelers that will push that hard to go that fast, right? In a Jeep, and uh, but in a Razor, I really think you could probably do it faster. So. Go ahead. And you, can hit, go. and you can hit the whoops at 80 mile an hour and do front flips. So And front flips. <laughs> it, it, it just, it Only just, one person does that. <laughs> it, it just boils down to, like, like what is your challenge that you're trying to overcome? What is the enjoyment that you look to get out of it? There's obviously a trade-off. Yep. You know, I'm not driving my Razor on the street, uh, but when I go to Windrock, like, I just, I just flat out don't go to Badlands anymore. I'll just say it. I don't go there. I have no desire to go there. Maybe once a year, maybe if some bu- buddies are going there. But and you're the same way in your Jeep. Yeah. Just it's a close thing. Just to you know, it's a once a year, especially if you're bringing yeah. someone new to the sport yep. or whatever. So, but to me, I personally, I value the amount of ground I can cover. I go once a year out to California, and I can do 75 across that dry lake. That was awesome. That was an amazing feeling. I I would be scared to death to do that in a Jeep. Any Jeep, even your Jeep. And, um, you know, Tennessee, I want to go devil's elbow for breakfast, prison for lunch, train for dinner. And arguably, I don't even think your Jeep could do that. Um, And I agree with that. So devil, so there is, I'm going to let you finish. And then I got a list of bullet points that I want, that I can go through really fast. And it'll kind of explain my thoughts. And then uh, we'll go from there. So, 
so all that to say, I was a Jeep guy. I am a Razor guy now, but I still have a huge part of my being and a big spot in my heart for Jeeps. I daily drive one. I, I still own, what, five of them or some shit like that. And I am currently in the process of building a Comanche that's going to be a mall crawler or whatever. And I would legitimately, when it's done, I would legitimately drive it to Winrock and do some easy trails with it and then, you know, drive it home just as part of a quote unquote adventure thing, just like we would do with muscle cars or whatever. Yeah. Randy drove his Jeep to Moab, wheeled and drove home. Yep. And, and if, if that's what you're after, like an adventure type thing, the way I'm building this, not that I would do it on purpose, but the way I'm building this Comanche, just like your Jeep, I could drive it all the way to Moab, wheel some easy stuff at Moab and drive back. Now I wouldn't wheel nearly the difficult stuff that you would do or as difficult as I would do in a side-by-side, but it just boils down to what, for me anyway, what goal am I trying to accomplish with this vehicle? And in my opinion, if you have the budget for one, I'm going with a Razor. That's just my personal thoughts on it. Okay. So here's my pull point. So number one, I asked Cody earlier what he drove here today. I drove the Jeep the wheel. I mean, it's I wheel it, we run it, and I drove it here. It's it's a it's something I could drive to town every day if I wanted to and wheel it. So that's a bullet point for plus. Number two, bigger obstacles. I really do believe at the at, at this at the stage that I'm at in the game, my Jeep will will outdo a razor on the big obstacles. And when we go to an off-road park, that's what I love. I like I said, I start at the hardest trail and we we kind of the group I wheel with, we bounce from obstacle to obstacle. That's what we do. It's not really a sightseeing thing. It's not really covered a bunch of miles. We go to the hardest obstacle, the second hardest obstacle, next hard, you know, and down the list. That's kind of the trails we run. That's how we run. And that's why, that's one reason I like the Jeep. Now, on the other side of that, like, uh, if you want to go see something, uh, if I was going to go back to Moab, Colorado, South Dakota, you know, at the Black Hills of South Dakota, I would rather be in the Jeep because I can, we can get in there, we can run the big obstacles, we can run the trails, and then I can get on the highway because the difference is, is like in Moab and South Dakota, Colorado, you'll run a trail. And if you don't want to run a trail all the way back, it is 60 miles plus back to where you started on a highway. And I don't feel like doing that with a Razor is going to be as good as doing that with a Jeep. I would agree with that because RP1 for me this year was an hour and 10 minutes in a side-by-side through the rough desert, shorter as the crow flies, but... I could have done it in 50 minutes in a pickup truck on the hard road. Hard road. Exactly. So and the next step is if is at the stage I'm at now, and I mean, and then I understand I'm probably like the one percenters here, the Jeep I'm driving tonight has the correct suspension to cover that same hard, rougher trails faster than most Jeeps out there. I would agree 100%. So, so like when we go to Moab, like last time... I'll get back to this later, but last time it was just me and Nate going out there and we was able to cover some ground and there were several comments made about the way I drove compared to he did. Um, and then uh, back at the uh, back at the group that you wheel with is what it amounts to. I mean, if you wheel with a group that is a bunch of guys that 
or the way you wheel, you're going to cover some ground. If you grew with a group that's a bunch of guys that's not wheeling the way you wheel, like you they don't push as hard, don't run as fast, don't have the equipment you do, you're going to be a lot slower. And in that point, a razor, if everybody in that group was in a razor, you'll probably cover more ground. And that's happened. To, and and we've, we've gone with other razor guys from town that... Brett Lawrence. I call him out, Brett Lawrence. Well, I was gonna say when we went with uh, it was really, really, really slow. I, I was gonna say we went with you. Leave him alone. He likes that general, okay? <laughs> but but there's nothing wrong with that. Some guys just enjoy that. They really enjoy that. So I was gonna go yeah, pre- I, go I was, back to that. I was gonna say Marty Jansen and, and Brian Lawrence. We went. We took them to Tennessee. Like, yeah. And Randy's kind of making a good point is it's like Brett, one of his biggest things, he's like, I like to sightsee. I like to look at the views and like, you know, I'm, I'm with Randy. I have been to Winrock. Oh man, I couldn't even tell you how many times. And I have sightseen. I have seen the overlooks. I've seen the mountains. Like I'm done with that. Like I want to go to I this want- obstacle, to that obstacle, to that obstacle. And me and Randy, we went down the road razors. We didn't start wheeling until like 11 or 12. It's and we, we did a hundred and some miles after lunch and we're home before nine o'clock exactly that was impressive so going back i went to moab the first time cody said that i drove the jeep out there which we did we drove all the way out there we had a group of like 18 jeeps and typical jeep crowd and it was it it exactly don't be mad we have friends oh (laughs) shots fired oh he but he's not wrong i mean not every one of these guys are good guys and some of them have really well built jeeps they wheel but they didn't take those jeeps out here you know, they, they so they took their wife's Jeeps or not-so-built Jeeps because they were going to drive them all the way to Moab. And uh, we get there, and I kept hearing all week long, we're not going to do that trail. we got to drive them home. That's the hardest trail here. We're not going to drive them home. So we're, we got to drive these things home, so we got to take it easy. And we were there for five days of wheeling, and and I thought we'd seen a lot. We've seen a lot, a lot more than you guys did the first time you went out there. But... The last time I went out there in 2019, I think it was, with, uh, you know, what I think it had been 20, 2020, with, uh, when just me and Nate, we put them both in my race trailer, we hauled them out there. Me and Nate was there for two and a half days, and we seen more trails in two and a half days with the two of us that typically wheel together and we typically push hard. We started at the hardest trail there and worked our way down the list. We seen more trails in two days than we did in five days with a group of 18 people. And there's a lot to say about that too, which has nothing to do with this argument, but knowing the guy you wheel with, like Cody and I can cover miles because we just understand how we, we wheel and he doesn't have to second guess a trail because he knows I'm going to be right behind him. And you and I don't have to second guess where you're at either. And, and, and you and Nate are the same way. Like you can just go hit it and you don't have to worry about that guy in his wife's Jeep. He might, you know, scratch a fender flare. Cause you know Nate's right behind and you. He's got to stop and look at it. Like, oh man, I scratched. I gotta, I gotta rub on it and see if it'll go away. Yeah, you know? exactly. You guys are hundred percent right. And I, I, it, it goes both ways. So if you're out there listening, thinking about Jeep or Razor, I'm gonna really say, and this may blow it out of the water. It's gonna depend on who you want to wheel with. If you I would have agree with that. people that you wheel with that run Razors, you're gonna want to buy Razors. If you want to have people that you wheel that you know that run Jeeps, you're gonna want to buy Jeep. Um. Because I got both now, and by, I'd say within the next few months, I'll probably own both. That's fair. I think that's a that's a really valid you know argument for sure, and and statement one hundred percent. And I, 
The only reason I don't have a razor is money. I know some people think I've got it, but I'm not in a position to just buy a razor and I'm not going to finance it. So to me, a Jeep is an extra vehicle for a family because like transmission went out of my truck and I daily drove my Jeep while the transmission shop screwed me around for two months. Like that's good. My wife likes driving it. We like taking it to get ice cream and kids dig it. I, I have not done it, but I am very looking forward to like driving my Jeep to land between the lakes, camping by the water, bringing a jet ski, jet ski in. To me, Wheeling, like when we go down to Winrock, like, so everybody I wheel with has little kids. We've all got kids under, <clears throat> under seven years old and, uh, or maybe a little older. I don't know how old Kimber is, but we all have kids under 10 years old. So our wheeling trips look like load that thing down with snacks, extra clothes because they're going to fall in the water. You know, it's November. So you got the top on the doors on the heat going, got the radio going with kids bop you know, songs. So they stay happy. The, the JK, oh my goodness, this is the bougiest thing ever. The JK has the, the clips you clip your car seats to, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh, the JK just fits a family with young kids better in my opinion. Oh, I, I'm not going to disagree with so, you even a little bit. So, but our wheeling trips look way different than your guys' wheeling trips. You're not we, staying out till three in the morning, stuck on devil's elbow. Right. And we, we go out and we go, we do 51 or 52 or whatever. That's right there by the cabin. And then that's like, we come back to the cab where we eat lunch up there and then maybe hit like whatever the trail is that that water falls on. And then at that point, the kids are melting down. So you go back and dinner's in the crock pot. You got to come back for that. and you're done for the day. Like that's what my wheeling looks like right now. And that's why a Jeep fits me so good. If I had a razor, I would wheel with you guys but I wouldn't probably, my wife wouldn't go. My daughter wouldn't go. My son probably would go, but like, you know, he's going to be done. He's going to be over it. And it's you, I don't think you guys would enjoy me going wheeling now in five years from now or something. It could be a different story, but right now my favorite conversation ever, I like texted the group message. I was like, I added it up between the babysitter and, and tuition for St. Anthony I'm going to spend $14,000 this year on kids. Yeah. And Cody texts the group message back. No wonder why you don't have a razor. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I would love to have one. I honestly would. I, it's just, I'm just not there yet. You know, there is this thing called um, public school. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but Dozer's I'm, not wrong. So I've, I've been to public school. I'm going to send him to St. Anthony. You're talking about the slow, the slow Jeep guys. I guess back in the day, my, I, I got my wheels, my kids wheeling with us. I think when they were eight and nine years old, I started hauling two rigs almost every time I went. And my eight-year-old son and my nine-year-old daughter was driving. I mean, we put them in the driver's seat, let them drive. And uh, we were that slow group, but we had an eight-year-old and nine-year-old driving, you know, on the trail. So part of that was that, you know, we were slower and driving and, and I was 100% content with uh, moving that slow at that point. And I think Dozer will, when his kids grow up a little bit more, he will get to that point too, where, you know, you, you're okay with seeing less trails, but your your kids are getting an experience. They are. Uh, you're, you're watching them have an. You're awesome watching time. them well, have an. Awesome and, time. and I don't care about my kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I right, put that down. But 
it's either take the kids or don't go. So taking the kids and going slow and stopping a bunch so they can play in mud puddles, it's either that or stay home. And I choose that. You sure. say that yeah. now, but wait, wait till, wait till they're a little older and, well, yeah, I, asking, and they're behind the driver's drive. seat. I do enjoy going with the kids, but I'm not going to pretend that that's the it's reason. for the kids. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and that's what it, it never was and, for the kids, but it was, there was something like I'll never forget. There was a time Bo was driving a Comanche. A buddy of ours was running a four-door JK. He got stuck in the, and it's just a mud hole. He got stuck in a mud hole. We pulled Bo up to him. Bo pulled him out at eight years old, jumped in the Comanche and drove through the mud hole. And then the guy goes, oh my God, an eight-year-old just went through the same mud hole I got stuck in. And then I just nodded at him and Bo grinned ear to ear and backed up in reverse back through the mud hole and then come back forward again. (laughs) Hey, I mean, Chloe was out wheeling Sam at the age of like 14. So (laughs) Sam was probably 30 at this point or maybe 25. She was 16. No, she wasn't that old. No. Only she had a driver's license. No, she didn't. She wouldn't have been with mom and dad. She had a driver's license. Come on. That's a good point. So I will say, I will will give up Sam's seat right here i've seen it myself sam's secret to one shotting all the obstacles is he goes last and watches everybody do it before him that is a thousand percent true <laughs> that must be nice all my buddies make me go first i, I lead too but you know what the good thing about lead is never any dust ever never. the dustiest day ever you are clean windshield the whole day so, so. i am right. i am always tail gunner and i study everyone's lines and i see what they did right and what they did wrong and i use that to my advantage to try and make it the easiest as possible. So to, to, to extend on this, Cody and I can go to Winrock anytime, anywhere, no matter what. And for the longest time we had identical machines and mine would be muddier. His would be cleaner for whatever reason, but he would always use at least an extra bar of fuel than me just because He's hot rod and hot dogging around, and I would just be picking up the slack at the back end. So I'm picking up this a little bit. So how many times, and I've, I've heard this several times, like because I'm always leading, and I don't always pick the easiest line. I, I may make up some line that's never been done before at times but and make it work. And uh, how many times have you, have you watched him do something and be like, that cannot be the right line? That is not right. There's got to be an easier way. About 30% of the time. That's usually the way it works. And, and, it, and it's typically like he had the right line, but the wrong tire placement. And like, okay, I see where his tire fell in that rut. If I just take six inches to the left, the same line, just six inches to the left, I got it. And 90% of the time that works for me. Mine's usually because if anybody knows anything about me, I like my rigs really, really wide. And I'll Swear. use I'll Swear. use I'll use that to my advantage, and I'll know I'll put that thing up sideways up some stuff that, and everybody else, and I'll go right up it, and everybody else looks at that like, uh, I'm, that's not even possible for me, you know? Yeah. You straddled that whole rut because your rig is square, is just yeah. as wide as it is long. See the, yeah. the advantage I got. We do bring kids, but I I feel like we still do like eighteen and stuff. We still wheel decently hard, and. uh what I got going for me is I've got a stock three, eight with an automatic transmission and 1350 drive shafts and Damn RCVs. It. And I'm the same way as you. I have no concern about breaking driveline. And at the end of 15, I come up out of it and I bumped it. And uh, my uncle was kind of standing there. He's like, Oh, that's pretty good. You had to give it some gas. I said, that was floored. He's like, what? I was like, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was wide open. 
Oh, 15 was fun. I only done it once in the Comanche and got up it, but it, it was fun. Well, boys, this guy's got to drive to Tyler, Texas tonight. So, uh, so I guess what are, where are we going to wrap this up? Just do whatever the hell you want. I guess is that the. I mean, I think it comes down to the most important thing is you know what what's your goals and what you want to do with it, and they I both would have say their. Who it's- you, who you've got to wheel with really yeah. both you know they both have their placements and uh you know I'm, yep. again i'm gonna go back to most people have both i mean i have a, a four-door bronco that's you know basically the equivalent of a jeep that i can never go, muddy? You know, go get ice cream I've never with. even seen the rain yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say do both and if you can't do both buy jeep <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and i would be the exact opposite <laughs> i would say do both but i think personally i think you can do both, but you would just need to do them in lesser capacities. Like, don't buy a forty thousand dollar razor and a forty thousand dollar Jeep if you've got twenty five grand to spend. Buy a fifteen or twenty thousand dollar razor or Jeep, whatever you decide, and then spend the remainder on the other. So yeah. I, so I, no, I think Cody will agree with this. Do both. Buy both forty thousand dollar units. You can't afford it. Work harder. Do both. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. I uh, I would say the the one thing is very attractive to me about the Razor too is you could like haul it with a half ton or a Grand Cherokee where I've got a diesel Grand Cherokee. I've, I've got a, a diesel three quarter ton truck. I don't ever drive unless I'm going jeeping. Right. And so. you know, and you need a you need a big heavy trailer and every you know all the above if you're you know going jeeping because realistically if you're going to go actually wheel a jeep you're not driving it you're you're telling it shouldn't be anyway. So yeah, Cody's not wrong. If you're going to wheel a jeep on the really really hard stuff the jeep's the cheap part and one thing we didn't discuss and i know we need to get going here but we don't need to somebody has to recovery like we could sit here and talk hours about this but right so the recovery if you get in a bad 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 place with a jeep it's 6,500 pounds Seven thousand pounds, right at six. Ours is mine's right at six thousand. Yeah, mine's five. Yeah, six thousand pounds of iron you've got to recover out of the mountain, and that's not you're not you're not going to see a jeep on top of a jeep ratchet strapped down getting your buddy out of the trail. Like and and going back to fixing it, if you rip a wheel off a jeep, like that's some serious shit. You can rip a wheel off a razor and fix it. Yeah, you know. um, Seen you do it. Yep. Um, Yeah. I'm not gonna say nothing. So you know, <laughs> recovery wise, uh, if you don't Randy's have, he's lost a few tires in his day. If you I don't have, on, no. if you don't have a bunch of buddies uh, to help you out, if you have a big jeep, it, it could get ugly and and very costly getting one out of the mountain for sure. Yeah, there's and a you big can, difference. There, you can helicopter a razor out of the mountains. You've seen it happen. I've, oh yeah, there's a bunch a of times. pictures on Facebook of guys ratchet strapping logs underneath the the front a arm, and you just drive like a ski. I have yeah. a video on my Snapchat of Cody hanging on the side of Brian Larson's razor, three wheeling down the freaking trail down at and we were at Ride Roll Blue, going down to the the Mexican restaurant on three wheels. As uh, yeah, he broke two ball joints. I uh. And we only carry and we one. We only carry one. Stupid. <laughs> there's, there's, well. the, there's the difference. When you break a razor, you try, try to figure out how to get it out of the woods to fix it. When you break a Jeep, you send your buddy to the parts store while you're still in the woods, and then he brings you the parts back. Yeah, that's your only option <laughs> to get it out. Or you just go the Randy direction, and you just build it to where it doesn't break. Build it bulletproof, right? They all break, though. They I mean, I, I don't care how big and badass you build a razor or how big and badass you build a jeep they all break you can still break a drive shaft on a four inch tall rock in k at the back door trying to get to the back door at koh trust or it's it. fail 
It's just what they do. So the synopsis of this whole episode is just agree to disagree, wouldn't yeah, you say? I would, I would say, say the so. synopsis is, is off-road something. Do no it. No matter what you do, off-road, enjoy the scenery, enjoy the time with your family. It is an absolute blast. Go have fun. Even go if it's fun. a BMW or a county what country. it is, go off-road. Just make sure you mean mug the other person who has something different than that. No, be respectful. Don't, <laughs> be respectful. Don't be mean mug them. Because... Dozer's a freaking gold crawling Jeep douche. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but like Cody said, go off road something. You will see things and see places that you'll never get to see if you stay on the street. And you will meet people that you'll gain relationships in real life. I, I have met people on the trail that I talk to weekly. We are only in this room right now because of Jeeps. 100%. No. Not razors, hard. Jeeps. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was about, they didn't even make razors. That's you know, true. That's true. That's going to yeah. be different. But like just off-roading in general, that is why we're in this room. That's why Jason lives in Altamont, Illinois, because of Jeeps. Mm-hmm. Go off-road, go have fun. It's awesome with the family and, uh, you know, you meet some hell- hellacious people and have a good time. Yep. Reach yeah. out. Reach out. That's all you can do. Reach out. Figure out what you want to do. So reach out. If you've got any questions, we're open books. You can reach if, out to any of us. Facebook. If you want to go to Tennessee with us, there will be a pre-checklist. you got to qualify to uh, be able to go. We need a qualifying course local. So you either got to qualify. 32-inch tires and bigger. Winches are a must. So you're 27 and acres. We need to make a qualifying course. Qualifying. Like if you can, if you can I haven't done it. It's trip. at my house. The qualifying <laughs> course is at my house already. All right. All right. So if you want to run Tennessee with us, you got to go to Randy's, and we'll have a whole course marked out for you. I'm just totally fucking with you guys, and, but and I and I'm the kind of guy I'm I'm willing to take anyone to Tennessee, but my times that I get to go there is very slim now, so I will be a little bit picky on like you know what we're gonna do because I want to go have fun and not work on stuff the whole time we're there. If, but, so if you want to go to Tennessee, you want to go wheeling with us. Number one, have a well built machine and you'll go. Number two, if you want to go on the exclusive trip with us, have a well built machine and a reasonable size set of nuts to do the. Hard option. Lots of skinny and, pedals. And be ready to have a lot so of fun. I think I decided the difference if you, it, you're the litmus test if you should have a Jeep or a Razor. If you own a welder, get a Jeep. If you don't own a welder, get, get a Razor. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. So, anyway, if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us on Facebook. Like I said, we're open books. Um, tell us your opinions. Do you have a Razor? Do you have a Jeep? Do you have both? I would love to hear. Do you hear, have a welder? I would love to hear. <laughs> A, do you have a razor? A, B, do you have a Jeep? C, do you have a welder? Message us, ask, A-S-K, short story long at gmail.com. Get a hold of us on Facebook. Tell us your story. If you've transitioned, this is a safe space. This is 2023. <laughs> we allow you to do that around here. <laughs> so let us know your thoughts. Um, but we appreciate you listening. So it ran a little long, but we've got a lot to talk about. And we could probably do a whole nother one oh, yeah. follow oh, up with, on. oh, yeah. with, with your guys' opinions and stuff. But uh, we appreciate you listening. And uh, we hope you gained at least a little bit of something out of this podcast. But uh, obviously... Probably not. Probably not. But <laughs> obviously, you know... We're open to all, you know, all off-roading. We just want you guys to get off the pavement and go get, go see some country. Yeah, so. you know, again, I'm a razor guy at heart, but I would go wheel Jeeps with the, with anyone, anytime, and I think Randy's the exact same way. We just want to go wheel and have fun and yeah. uh, hit some tough shit. So, right, exactly. Well, Randy, Cody, I appreciate you guys joining us. No pussy bypasses. That's right. Sam. No pussy bypasses. Sam. Whatever. Appreciate you guys, ha- <laughs> appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah, it won't be the last time. All right. We'll see you guys. Take her easy. Thanks, see you.
Doesn't make you right. Doesn't make you 